Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we're discussing Chapter 2 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Aunt Marge's Big Fucking Mistake. Huge. Beware, guys. This is going to be a boring episode. We don't have any guests or anything. It's just us. It's just regular. (laughs) Hey, maybe it will only be an hour like it's supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. funny. Um, (laughs) We've, yeah, our expectations of ourselves are not (laughs) wonderful. We know us. We should. We really do know us. Oh, well. But we try to act like we don't. It's cool. Um, we have announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive. I don't know why I said it like that, but it's cool. Um, and want to be your thought. Who want to be? Sorry. We want to know your thoughts. So please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag Wizard Team on Twitter to fi- follow along. Side note, y'all don't know, but we pretty much dance our way through these <laughs> announcements and reminders. I like saw you out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, I do that too. I don't know. <laughs> like I'm well, excited. You also were like, we have announcements and reminder. It was very musical. So I know. It's like, like it's like I'm Oprah or something. You get a reminder, and you get you- a reminder. Everybody <laughs> gets a reminder. Yeah, this is not going to be an hour-long uh, no. podcast. Um, um, have you ever wondered what it would be like to be black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? Uh, we are working on a project called Hogwarts BSU, a collection of stories, fan art, etc., illustrating what it would be like to be a black Hogwarts student. If you'd like to submit, check out the website for guidelines. Also, just semi-side note, but um, I was giving away books the other day. No. Y'all, sometimes, like, Amazon be having these daily deals, and if it's my favorite book or one of my favorite books, I'll just decide, like, okay, $10, give it away books. I can do this, right? Or, like, ever, however, X amount, depending on the deal. And someone DM'd for a book and then started asking about Hogwarts BSU. And it was amazing. And then I was like, yes, you should submit whatever you have. Point is, you can just, like, DM us and be like, I was kind of thinking about doing this thing, maybe, eh, whatever, and we will, like, be there for you. Like, there's no, like, worst case scenario, we'll be tired and we'll be like, yeah, you should do it. (laughs) Best case, we'll be like, yeah, (laughs) go for it, send it to us right now. Like, literally, the answer is always yes. And then also, in terms of, like, worst case scenario, (laughs) you decide, no, don't put it up, and we won't put it up. But, you, like, you know, you... Put your you you did something. You stretched yourself. You like shot your shot. Shot your shot. Oh, that's our theme. That's our theme this year. Just so you know, it's it's still the it's still our anniversary week. Um, As we're recording this, while we're recording this, and and you'll have seen this. Maybe you may or may not have seen this on our Twitter. But our new theme for this this year is, is shoot your shot. So we're just it's like it's like Shonda Rhimes' year of yes, yes except with a. Not except with the BG and the twist. (laughs) Um, But no, it totally is. Like we are doing the Leviosa con panel. I'm I'm gonna be there in person, and that like has always scared the hell out of me to like stand in front of a crowd of people. And I might cry my way through it, but I'm gonna do it. And we're we're gonna we're gonna we're all together collectively as a team. Me, Bayana, and you, the listener. 
I was about to say not Amani. That's so rude. It's just like in my head. It's just there. Amani, you can join in too. You're part of the team. Um, we're all going to shoot our shots. Okay? You see the shot? You take it. Take it. Steph, Steph Curry. Curry. In your mind, we're, we are always Steph Curry. I was just thinking that too. Okay. Um, so, love our blog. Love Wizard Team. Have a few extra galleons just lying around. Consider donating to BGNO. We have a lot of dope things they want to do, and we're shooting our shot this year, um, and we need your help. So if you are, if you're able, go to blackgirlsnerdout.com forward slash donate, and you can find all the ways that we take donations. Sorry. Yes. Also, subscribe to our newsletter. <laughs> Every week we share nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. Go to blackgirlsnerdout.com for, or to subscribe uh, for more details. There are no more details. It's a newsletter. That, you put your email um, address in it's and a newsletter. it ends up on your email. Details. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. So, um, yeah, follow us at We Black and Nerds on Twitter. Like us at Black Girls Nerd Out. Um, join our Wizard Team Facebook group. We have lots of lots of conversations, lots of feelings. Today was um, really active can, on the Facebook group, and I think it's because we were all avoiding work to some degree, but it was fun. Yeah, it was I know that's what I was likely. doing. I was completely that's avoiding what I was doing. That's totally what doing I was anything doing. productive. I was like, I'm going to leave early, and then instead of leaving early, I just um, was on there. <laughs> I tried to answer emails, too. I, I answered a couple I, of emails, but I was I wrote, there. like, two emails, left early... And spent my most of my day on the Facebook group. <laughs> and, and tomorrow, guys, I'm going to be on a plane, like, the whole day. So I can't even, like, do that much work. I mean, I'll do a lot of, like, alone work for, for myself. But, like, today was the day that I needed to make sure that, like, I was productive. Because I'm going to be on a plane all day tomorrow. Oops. Join the cool. Facebook group. Join um, <laughs> the Facebook group, you know? procrastination that's where you do it um you can uh send us your email in whatever way you feel comfortable if you want it to be public you know do you yeah if you don't dms email facebook message the works um potter news there is none well did anything happen i would say nothing sorry i haven't been as like nothing um, on it but nothing happened but i remembered last week that I wanted to like bring this up but our recording got so you know Connie was we were just so happy and giggly and then also tired and just messed up but um it was the battle of Hogwarts what was that two weeks ago now three mm, yeah um, it's been a it's been a minute but we forgot to mention ago. it and I wanted to like mention it because Joe apologized she said like for every anniversary of the battle of hogwarts she's going to apologize for a death and then this year she apologized for remus's death and explained that remus wasn't going to die until she decided to save arthur and i just had a couple feelings about that which was they both could have lived and i mean yeah. that was some george rr R. martin shit the way that she was like someone had to die <laughs> or <laughs> somebody had to go or Everybody could have lived. lived, or you know, I mean, not everybody could have lived, but you know, Remus could have lived. But also, just like that, I it goes kind of goes back to the like constantly adding new information to this like story in this world, and wondering mm -hmm. um, 
I mean, it doesn't make me feel any differently about the story, really, or about Remus as a character, but it does make me, like, I don't know, it's kind of like, because I have such love for Remus, um, he's one of my favorite characters, um, it, it was, like, a little bit, like, I, you, your friend died, and I'm gonna tell you how he almost could have been saved, but I didn't save him, you know what I mean, like, it's like the person mm-hmm. that is like, oh, I could have performed CPR, but, you know, I was, like, tired, so I just didn't, and then they ended up dying. And you're like, what? Why? It doesn't change yeah, anything. Yeah, and I also think that, like, I think that, aside, like, that, and then also aside from that, in term, just in terms of, like, narrative in general, um, Remus's death does play, like, an important role. Like, it's, like, like I said, like, I think I've said this already, like, him and Remus, I, I, I mean, him and Sirius, sorry, I alternate between who's my favorite, depending Sirius. on the day. So I love, I love Remus. So do I. Um, but his, just like Sirius's death, like their death served a specific purpose. And then to go back and like retroactively apologize for it makes it feel less, um, it just gives it less weight, I guess. Yeah. Um, because then it sounds like, you know, obviously as a writer, like I know a lot of decisions that are made are more, are partly based on like the story and like. <clears throat> I won't like spoil anything from like my story that may or may not come <laughs> out that you may or may not care about. But there's a particular he character will not in die. A, in a, okay, wait. Can if I? If you can kill I, him, I am burning shit to the ground, bitch. God. So anyway, in bitch, my original, you... in my why you gotta call me out my name? Why are you can trying I to kill? Him? Him? Can I say what I'm saying? Why are you trying to kill my boy? I, I'm not, and that's the point of what I'm saying. Can I, I say it? I'm in my feelings now. Anyway, um, what I was saying is that in like the initial kind of outline of my story and the way that I was telling it, it made sense for a certain character to die. Like for the main character and then also just the way that it was structured. And then when I went back and restructured it, it no longer made sense. So that person's not going to die anymore. Um, and not just yeah. because, but, but the not other thing because is of the like, structure of your story, but also because someone made an impassioned plea to save that person's life. I, the funniest thing is you made that plea like way after I decided it wasn't going to happen. But you because know. I think you didn't tell me you, you, tell were, you didn't that. tell me you were thinking about offing him until you were like I was going to and then I changed things around so he's not and I was like how dare you. <laughs> also, uh, but anyway, I would like to my point. I would wait time out. I would like to publish, oh, no, publicly apologize for calling you a bitch. I got in my feelings. <laughs> that was uncalled for. Continue. Oh. <laughs> It's really not a big deal. But um, I say all that to say that when you make those decisions, like, it's, I mean, not only is it important to the story and, like, the main characters, but it's also, like, um, i trying to think of, like, so it's important to, like, you know, it's important to the themes, it's important to, like, the story that you're trying to tell. And so when you go and you change it, or not even change it, but you like try to reason your way around it and be like, oh, I really didn't want to, but I did. It kind of like lessens the, like the, the impact. The, yeah, the impact of it. That's the word. I was going to say quality and I was like, that's not correct. Um, but yeah, it lessens the impact of this, of what happened. Um, and I think that that's kind of been like the problem with all the retroactive like stuff is that it just like, one of these like books in general and like while I don't while I while I'm someone who thinks that like 
the author's ownership over their story is like really important and I don't think we should totally discount that um and like their intentions do matter up until a point yeah um but I also think that constantly going back and changing things because of the stuff that other that because of the fandom is dangerous and unnecessary like it's happened it's what it is you don't have to add anything else you know I agree I also like you just kind of and it's like and if you are going to add stuff, it has to be more, it has to just be more deliberate. It can't just be like, oh, I'm because I'm doing, because I felt like doing it. It's like, no, I want to tell a very particular story. And I know you get, I know I, I've had this problem where you get caught up in the world and then you just want to keep telling that story. And at a certain point, it no longer matters. And there's no reason for you to tell that story other than just for yourself. And then you just keep that in your own little thing. It's like your fan fiction of your world. And <laughs> you just <laughs> let that live and not let it impede on the canon um, of the story that you've created with, like, the real intentional, like, things that yeah. you wanted to talk about. I also think, too, in terms and, like, of, like, through. in terms of Remus and his story um, and the fact that he's so beloved, a, a lot of why he's beloved, too, is because of that unfulfilled promise, you know, unfulfilled, mm-hmm. um, like, he's so much... What is that the word I'm trying to look for? He's like so there's so much more in him that he doesn't get to do. And you feel like he didn't I mean, you feel this with a lot of people, right? Like, um, a lot of our heroes are like our I'm people that have become, you know, we talk about like the sanctification of say Martin Luther King, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, because he lives in this very strict time and place, and because of how he died and when he died you don't, you, all of that, like, what he would have been like as an older man and all that stuff, it's all of this, like, unseen, and it's just open, and it's, like, there's all of this, like, possibility, that's the word I'm looking for, mm-hmm. all of this, like, untold possibility, and I understand that then you feel like, oh, I will feel sad because there is all of this, like, possibility for Remus and, like, what he would have been able to do and accomplish had he lived, but the fact that he died is the reason why he he holds this this place in people's heart too. You know mm-hmm. his his story is so tragic, and you. But that's also the and point. that's the yeah and and like you said like I mean like obviously in about like three or four chapters we're gonna be like yelling at Joe for making his story so tragic. So just you know yeah no but like, and again and <laughs> but and I mean, at the same time going back like, to like narrative yeah. wise and going back to your story, story it's like, important. and going back to your story too it's like I have read the first draft of the or, you know the drafts that you're writing and as you're going through like the creation process and as a reader. Um, and especially it's like the type of like world that you're building and also there's the type of reader that I am, you can very easily like have these connections to like people, but that doesn't mean that I need to know like all of the ways that you, he would have done this, but I decided not to do that because like, you, like not only does it not matter in terms of like the story and and it's all about like upholding the overall story that you're trying to tell, but it also like, there are choices that you make as a writer that are yours to make. You know, it's like what you said, like the, the story, like Harry Potter no longer belongs to Joe, Harry Potter in this, and as it exists now, it does not belong to Joe anymore. It belongs to the world. 
But all of those choices and things belong to Joe. She made the decisions to do what she did with these characters, right? And like, so you make that decision and you own it and that's it. Like you, those decisions, once you've made them, there's no point in going back and justifying decisions that you made alone in the context of your, of telling your story to people that weren't there when, you know what I mean? Like for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, I feel like the decision to name those houses, what they name them, like you should, you have some accountability to the reader or the fan, right? Cause it's, you're, you're going back into this world. Um, same with magic in North America. You have some responsibility now to the people who are a part, who, is, who are as much a part of this world as you are. But in the original canon, seven books of Harry Potter, you, she had a story to tell. She chose the manner in which she mm-hmm. decided to tell them. And to go through and rehash and bring up like why she made the decision she made or why she decided to do whatever. It's also like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's also... You can't... I mean, unless she's doing a writing workshop... In which case, and that's different, and that's not even like, I'm sorry, I killed this person. It's more like, so these are the, like, these are the ways I was thinking about, like, um, my characters and my plot in a way that led me to kill this character. And then that's more in a, like, in in an instructive way. And it's like, so these are the, like, things you might want to keep in mind or take into account versus it being like, oh, my bad, Yeah, also, yeah, I think it's like... (laughs) Had she said, instead of saying, I'm going to apologize for a death every um, year, and I know that, like, I kind of get why it's, like, kind of a cute way to, like, you know, honor these characters in this story on this, like, date, but unless she was saying, like, I think, I feel like she, 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 she should say <laughs> on the, every, um, Battle of Hogwarts anniversary, I'm going to remember a character that died and then talk about, like, I made this decision and why I made the dis- the decision and what it meant to Harry's story and what it meant to the plot and whatever. Um, I disagree on the Remus side, and we should, you know, I want to wrap this up because <laughs> it's going to be an hour. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, dis- I kind of disagree on the Remus death that it serves like a purpose for Harry's story um, because it happens in the Battle of Hogwarts. Um, but I think it was supposed to be for Teddy's I think, story. Yeah, right? I think it is for Teddy. Um, but either way, it's like she made the choice. So. Stick with Stick it, with yeah. It. And, like, the, the waffling just, all it does, like you said, it just, it bothers me because I love Remus so much and the waffling and the, I was going to kill Arthur but decided because that, like, like also comparing the two lives, make it's kind of icky. Like, there isn't, like... It, and it's two different things. And unless, like, I'm, unless there is some... In the story, it, they that would serve two yeah, different purposes. They, like, so then it doesn't feel like the... Con- I mean, like, I get, I do get, like, in my head, that's what I thought. Like, oh, I didn't kill that person, so I'll mm-hmm. kill this one. Like, as a... But in terms of, like, actual narrative and what we need yeah. to know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because obviously, like, that's what happens when you write. You're like, okay, I'm... Like, somebody has to die. Because sometimes that's true. Somebody yeah. does have to die. Um, and so that's more of an internal thing in terms of, like, choosing who that person is. But, like, 
in terms of just the plot, Arthur's death would have a different like. It would just, it would change the story yeah. a lot. It would have had a different um, outcome than Remus's. Death. I also kind of feel like you rightfully would say... and also it dep- it's like based off of the character themselves, and then also like when it happened. Arthur would have died in Order of the Phoenix. That's two books before yeah. the end. So that's like a totally different thing versus Remus dying like a couple before chapters the before the end. I also... Um, and not that one is worse or like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, than the other, but it's just a different thing. They're not comfortable, different. I think, in a way. I also mm-hmm. like... I mean, I'm not a published author, but unless there is some rule by publishers or something like, we won't publish your book unless X amount of people die, that... It's like a weird way of phrasing it in general. I had to kill someone, right. so. Well, I think, and, right. So I, it's not, I mean, I, when well, you, no, when you said that, like, you know, so, uh, you get to a point in your story where someone needs to die, like, I understand that, but, like, when you're, like, yeah. The, I'm talking about the. But when you're saying, like, oh, if it was either this yeah, or this person, then it's, like, yeah, that's, then it's Especially weird. because it's, like, like you said, like, either Arthur in book five or Remus in book seven, it's, like, those are two completely different, like, that has completely different ramifications mm-hmm. on the story. Like if they had said if they had said Arthur or Sirius, yeah, I could I could maybe see like a closer. And then that would bring up thing. another thing because then I would feel like an asshole because I'd be like, "Sorry, Arthur, but you got to go." <laughs> Low key, same. Um, <laughs> I love you, but yeah, <laughs> I love Sirius flaws flaws and all. What are Sirius stands called? What are we called? Wait, what are what are other stands? What what are we? I don't know. Instead of like the beehive, like oh, the okay. beehive. Um, so... the black bitches. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all. Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. <laughs> How the about serious, no? Seriously, sit now. The serious. We'll think about it. Yeah, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. Okay. What are Marauder stands called? Are we just called Marauders? That's kind of boring. But nobody who's a Potterhead isn't a Marauder. Isn't a Marauder stand? Wait, right? isn't that like a is there a Potter stands that aren't Marauders? Who aren't Marauders? That just blew my mind. Even if that doesn't exist, that is a question that needs answers. I would need to. The, okay, those are like the type of people that are like, I don't like chocolate or not. I don't know. Not that. That's. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Those are like the like when you're like, but how? But everyone likes that. But. Mm-hmm. People who are anti marauders are basically called Severus Snape's. Yes, they're That's probably like the Snape fans. Don't ill okay, Snape. That... There are Snape fans that probably listen to this. No, I know. I'm um, okay, so let's get into chapter um, two. No, no, no. I, I think that we need to figure out what serious stands are called. Remus stands too, although that might be the easier. Remus, right, the, the Remus... We're like... We're wolves or something. Or something. Oh, yeah. Cause, okay, so what is a pack? The, the pack. Boom. What? Like, the Lupin um, pack. Oh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get this reference, so never mind. What? I don't feel like being judged right is now. Is it a cheetah stand thing? Cheetah girls? Is it a cheetah girls thing? Um, no. It's a, um, the pack was a, is a, or was a rap group back in, uh, okay. like 2007. You remember Vans? You never heard Grandma Vans? I know that song. Lil B was in that group. Yeah, that's the pack. 
They went to my. They used to. They went to my old high school. Oh yeah, because um, I just remember you went it, little B. But yeah, little B. Yeah, we went to the same high school. Also, anyway, we can be called the pack. I'm yeah. down for that. Um, that also kind of reminds me of Murphy Thompson, which is kind of sad because after that talk with Johnny J, I'm like, can I? I have two Murphy Thompson books that I haven't read because I'm like, is this bad? Is this appropriation? But I really want to know what happened. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I'm like eight books in and I just have to stop because it's bad. That's what happens when you're woke. Being woke is difficult. Um. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I'm so glad that I'm woke. And um, this is really funny too. And then we'll get, we'll really get into the chapter. So it is. We already knew this wasn't going to be an hour um, long, guys. So. Oh, well. <laughs> it's, um, our last week was our anniversary week and we were doing our favorite moments and Brianna was like, oh, I kind of forgot about the white paranoia and guilt thing. Um, I totally did, man. Sometimes I just snap and I rewrite like, shit. And then I'm like, oh, it wasn't that good. And then I go back and read and I'm like, damn, Brianna. She was like, Ooh. that was really harsh. Okay. Oh, she just clutched your pearls. Um, Not even harsh. Just like, oh. it was good. It was like really like well <laughs> thought out. And sometimes I think I'm just ranting or that like I didn't really go in as much as I wanted to. But sometimes I go back and I read them and I'm like, oh, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I pretty much did what I needed yeah, to do. Yeah, but it was really funny because um, we were talking about something and then my aunt, Brianna's mom, um, was like, who turned my niece into a militant? And I was like, well, your daughter, <laughs> who is just like you, so both of you? I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of that, like, being woke type of thing, it's like, I, when I started reading Mercy Thompson, I had no sense of... Um, even that I knew, like, cause I always thought, like, you can, you can take inspirations from other cultures, and as long as, I don't know, I always felt like if, if it's blatantly gross, obviously, like, I know, like, that's gross, you know what I mean, like, ew, like, you know, um, birth of a nation, or whatever, blackface, and stuff like that, like, I always was like, that's terrible, but then talking mm-hmm. about, like, just the nuances, and, like, the subtle, like, microaggressions, and, like, I always, like, even when I had microaggressions against me, like, before I got, before I woke up, um, I was always, like, I would always pretty much be, like, I'm just being sensitive, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that, that, like, I would have not phrased it that way, or I would have said it differently, but I'm being sensitive, and now I'm, like, but that matters, like, you know what I mean, like, and, like, the constant, like, you know, like, well, damn, maybe I am being sensitive, mm-hmm. but y'all gotta stop this, you know? So when I started reading Mercy Thompson, I say all this to say, when I started reading Mercy Thompson series, I was not woke, and now I'm woke, and I don't know what to do. So also, if anyone reads Mercy Thompson, can you let me, can you read, or let me know if that is, like, terrible appropriation? Because they do talk about skinwalkers, so. Huh. Okay. Harry Potter! Um, Not Mercy Thompson. Aunt Marge's big (laughs) mistake. She did some things. I think that should be called Aunt Marge's Big Mistakes. Plural. So I'm count, (laughs) like, we should count, let's count, I'm gonna count mistakes while we go through this, because. Okay, hold up, time out, that reminds me. I have another tally hat. Are you serious? I am. Um, that doesn't count. So, I can tell when you're baiting and when it's, like, it's real, it's cool. This is Um, just. Like I said, I already apologized to all of Wither Team. I mean, I'm not even gonna lie. Like I may You're quit this at some to. point, but for now, I'm, I'm just letting with you it. know <laughs> that like you do not have the stamina to keep up 
I like analysis. I like analysis. Oh, and you know what else? I don't know what we're going to you know do with else? it. We're just going to know but, that that's how hey, many times you use the hey, joke. Because Padfoot, we could be the Padfoot pack. Because dogs are also in packs. No. No. That's the not Padfoot good. Padfoot pack. Not it's alliteration. It's not cute. But it's not cute. I can't wait to get a dog. If I get a black shaggy shaggy dog, I have a name in Hagrid, but any other dog, I'm, or... Or if I get a black curly dog. Wait, can we get into? Yeah, that? but okay, yeah. But if I get a black curly dog, I'm gonna name him Bellatrix or name her, and it's a girl. I'm gonna name him Bellatrix. But any other dog is named Patfoot. Cool. <laughs> She's um, like, back to the issue. Do we need a Do we need a previously on Wizard Team? Harry got three birthday yeah, cards. Yeah, I don't think we were really previously. That's about so, it. <laughs> well, okay. Well, no, what um, we do so. know, though, is that Harry got his Hogwarts letter, and enclosed was a permission slip. Oh, yeah. Um, so that he could visit Hogsmeade. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Harry went down to breakfast the next morning to find the three Dursleys already sitting around the kitchen table. They were watching a brand new television, a welcome home for the summer present for Dudley, who had been complaining loudly about the long walk between the fridge and the television in the de- oh in the living room um dudley had spent most of the summer in the kitchen his piggy little eyes fixed on the screen and his five chins wobbling as he that ate is continually. abuse um it's a different kind yeah. of abuse but it's abuse nonetheless yeah i just need totally. to like i just feel I just, like they no they are no, like and not I, feel like, I think we've talked we talked about it a little <laughs> bit in sorcerer stone but i just feel like we need to reiterate it because like, I benched the Dursleys last week, or last chapter, over their treatment of Harry, but their treatment of Dudley is not good either. It's just, Mm-mm. you can't, like, if I let, and I let Aminata get away with so much, like, I think she, like, she will literally, like, when I'm around, come straight to me first, because she knows, like, she's like, I got her. She ain't gonna say nothing. And most of the time, that's... She used to cry the minute her dad came into a room. Yep. She would cry. She would have been totally fine. She was chilling, laughing, playing games. As soon as her dad comes in, crying. Why? Because she wanted something that she knew she wasn't going to get from anyone else. And it is a problem. problem. And, like, I even even um, with her dad, and, like, I do this with my dad, too. And, I mean, I think all kids do it. Like, you go to the, when you want something, you go to the parent who you think best will give you what you want. You know, um, and true. people, I mean, people do that in general, but, but there's a difference between like doing that and also and never having yeah. heard no. But no, but what I'm saying though, is that like Dudley doesn't even have to make those decisions because he doesn't hear no from either one of his mm-hmm. parents. And like, there were things that like my dad would mean, like I would be, I would think I was in like third grade and my dad would like, he worked like the night shift or overnight or whatever. And we would, he would literally take me to like the donut shop or like McDonald's or like, you know, some like late night, like fast food. Like we would get junk food at like three in the morning and watch like television when he got home. Or we would like, or we would watch Arsenio Hall and then we'd go out and get ice cream. And I was like in second grade. And like, if my mom, like (laughs) when my mom found out years later, she was mad as heck and like, we would do that, and it was, like, our thing, but then at the same time, like, when I asked for a dog, my dad was, like, no. <laughs> and I was, like, but, <laughs> but it's me. But it's me, though. And he was, like, right. nope, I don't care. 
This is betrayal. You're not gonna dock. And it was good though, also to be to like just know that there were things, like, I even right. There's there like were boundaries. boundaries. Yeah, and he just doesn't have that, and like, Mm-mm. your kid should not. And yeah, thank God he grows up and kind of grows into that girth a little bit. But like, your kid should not have five chins, even if. He also just, you shouldn't buy him a television just because he doesn't want to walk from right? one room to the next. Like, I would have been like, boy, you better go sit in front of that. I'm going to get all your snacks now. And you, <laughs> and and you know that, like, living room. even still, um, Petunia probably brings him all his snacks. One by one. Right? So like, mm. but yeah, so... It's a problem. It's a problem. Um, so Harry sits down. So Harry's. Um, oh, Harry ahead. sits down, and far from wishing Harry a happy birthday, none of the Dursleys made a sign that they even noticed he came into the room. But Harry is far too used to this to care, and he's like just living in the past glow of his three birthday cards. It's mm-hmm. He helped himself to a piece of toast and then looked up at the reporter on the television. He was halfway through a report on an escaped convict. The public is warned that black. I wish I miss Connie. The public is warned that black is old <laughs> and extremely dangerous. A special hotline oh, has God. been set up, in any, uh, and any sighting of black should be reported immediately. Immediately. So how about we don't do this ever again? I have the worst accent, <laughs> Governor. How about we like we yeah stay in our lanes? I think that's a good idea. I'm going to work on this accent, though. One day I'm going to bust out with it, and you're going to all be like, damn, Joe! Yeah, do that Do that off offline. You're rude. I'm, I believe in you, just not while we're recording. Okay. Um, no need to tell us he, he's no good, snorted Uncle Vernon. Look at the state of him, the filthy layabout. Look at his he hair. His hair is I'm just like, why are you this way? Well, <laughs> it doesn't right now, but... <laughs> generally yes um he shot a nasty look sideways at harry whose untidy hair had always been a source of great annoyance to uncle vernon compared to the man on the television however whose gaunt face was surrounded by a matted elbow length tangle harry felt very well groomed indeed time out my book isn't with me and i'm very sad about this because it's too far for me to go get it but um the fact that it's on Muggle News, it's like the, the little thing where like the Minister of Magic is like in contact with the mm-hmm. Muggle Minister and like tells him stuff like, hey, by the way, we have a master of you know. No big deal. <laughs> just, <laughs> just put yeah, a little ad just in, let the, him know, in the news. And then, you'll be good. You'll be fine. He's known for killing Muggles, but you know, you're um, fine. No big deal. Um, so yeah, just like yeah. a little... And then the... Reporter had reappeared. The Ministry of Agriculture and Fisheries will announce today. Hang on, barked Uncle Vernon. It's not all caps, but he's still yelling, um, staring furiously mm-hmm. at the reporter. You didn't tell us where that maniac escaped from. What, it, what use is that? Lunatic could be coming up the street right now. Um, you have <laughs> no idea. Um, <laughs> uh, Aunt Petunia, who's bony and horse-faced, who was bony and horse-faced, whipped around to, and peered intently out of the kitchen window. Harry knew Aunt Petunia would simply love to be the one who, to call the hotline number. She was the nosiest woman in the world and spent most of her life spying on the boring, law-abiding neighbors. When will they? When will they learn, said Uncle Vernon, that hanging's the only way to deal with these people. Why is he like that? Can he just, like, go take 
chill pill. No, he like a is a neocon. He needs the entire bottle of chill pills, and then he needs to go to like some island and then like never watch television again. So I was watching Star Trek last night, and there is a character who legit is just like me, which is really sad because I don't want to be like him. I want to be Picard. I want to be like Regal. But then there's this character Barkley who's just like a nervous wreck, and I'm like, did they not have Xanax in the 24th century? Because they got it now, (laughs) like right now. I could take a Xanax and go to sleep. I'm like, Barkley, <laughs> you need a Xanax, take a nap. I feel like, Vernon, you just need to take a nap. You just need to sit down. <laughs> he don't even need, I mean, he don't even need pharmaceuticals. He just <laughs> needs to go be by himself. <laughs> Think deeply mm-hmm. about his life choices. <laughs> um... So Uncle Vernon, uh, he finishes his tea and says, I'd better be off in a minute, Petunia. Marge's train gets in at 10. Harry, whose thoughts had been upstairs with the broomstick servicing kit, was brought back to earth with an unpleasant bump. Aunt Marge? She, she's not coming here, is she? Um, Aunt Marge was Uncle Vernon's sister. Even though she was not a blood relative of Harry's, She had been for- he had been forced to call her aunt all his life. I mean, that's real, though. Like, at a certain- That's not real, um... No. Like, uncommon. It's, I feel like. you put respect on. Um, yeah, I mean, like, obviously yeah. you find out who she is and you really don't. But you put a handle on her like, name. Generally, yeah, you put a handle on her name. That just makes sense. Anyway, Aunt Marge lived in the country in a house with a large garden where she bred bulldogs. She didn't often stay at Privet Drive because she couldn't bear to leave her precious dogs, but each of her visits stood out horribly vividly, vividly in Harry's mind. Um... Dudley's fifth birthday party, Aunt Marge whacked Harry around the shins with her walking stick to stop him from beating Dudley at Keep in mind statues. that Harry is four late. and a half, five. Four. Like, yeah, because mm-hmm. he's, yeah, four. So. Yeah, he's four. Um, I wish somebody would whack Aminata across the shins. I wish you would, too. They might never turn up ever again. I'm not even a violent person. I'm just saying they could disappear. They could or That's they all. will. Anyway, a few years later. They could so or what? they will. They will. I mean, I don't want to incriminate myself. You don't online, have to. It was me. Whatever. I'm just saying, they will most likely. Don't worry about it. It was again. me. That's all. And I'll be at the the courthouse smiling on a Monday. Like, let me tell you where they at. <laughs> I'll tell you where they at. I'm gonna take this. Right? Um, a few years, <laughs> a few years later, um, she turned up at Christmas with a computerized robot for Dudley and a box of dog biscuits for Harry. On her last visit, the year before Harry started Hogwarts, Harry had accidentally trodden on the tail of his favorite dog. Ripper chased Harry out into the garden and up a tree, and Aunt Marge refused to call him off until past midnight. Um, so pretty much she's also, the worst. Though, she's Vernon times 100. What are Vernon's parents like? That they raise like right? two... Just like awful, awful and human miserable beings. people, and then we'll we'll get to see too, like when she comes, like how she treats her dog and how she talks about Harry, um, to his face, which is just. Hmm. I mean, I just made a face because there's no words, and I'm sorry you couldn't see the face, but it's just a. Just disbelief, like, like who are you, right? But like, yeah. what was her? What was her childhood like growing up? Right? It's, they seem fairly, like, privileged and, like, um, you know, just, it, it's, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous. Um, we find out this horrible woman will be here for a week. 
Um, and while we're on the subject, said Uncle Vernon, we need to get a few things straight before I go and collect her. Um, so Dudley, um, decides he wants to watch Harry be bullied by Uncle Vernon because that's his favorite form of entertainment, um, at, before watching television because they're all just terrible people. Um, firstly, you'll keep a civil tongue in your head while you're talking to Marge. All right, said Harry, if she does when she's talking to me, um, I'm going to read it and then I have some thoughts. Um, Secondly, as Marge doesn't know about your abnormality, I don't want any funny stuff while she's here. You will behave yourself. Got me? I will if she does. Um, I think those are Mm -hmm. actually the two. But like, this is kind of like we're seeing a... Oh, no, no, no. But I was going to say about that part first. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And this is like a little bit, this is very different from like other times when like Uncle Vernon would yell at Harry or tell him something and then Harry would kind of like go into himself and or like be quiet um he's like okay i don't want to get in trouble and we get a little bit of that in the first chapter where he's like all right i don't want to get in trouble for doing my homework or whatever um but here he's like talking back more um and he has like more you know he comebacks and he's not while he's still like he's still like kind of victim to the whim of the dursleys he's less afraid of them um and I, and I think a part of that is having going to Hogwarts and not even the magic part, but just being in a place where he has Acceptance. like friends and people who care about him and like a place where he can like, his self-worth is kind of um, like bolstered. So he doesn't feel like he's getting um, threatened and it's not as big of a deal. And so we see, or not, it's a big deal, but it's not as big of a like impact on him. And well, he's not he, as afraid, he... which we kind of see in each, in each book. How, like, my one of my favorites is, like, when he's talking back to them in the first chapter of Order of the Phoenix. But, like, each year he's just, like, more and more over them. Like, he hates them and he goes back because he has to. Um, and, like, he isolates himself from from them as much as possible. But, like, when he does, he's, like, no longer cowering. Well, and I think um, we, we see, afraid. like, he, he says this bitterly and through gritted teeth. So he's not standing, like, he's not standing up in, like, a... a super confident way that he does later on like in order to the phoenix and stuff he's still mm-hmm. uh, he's still a look a bit timid but he is like he is responding more than he did the previous two books and um it's right. a process and i'm saying it yeah. like it kind of like yeah, exactly. develops yeah it's not just like all of a sudden he's which i think is why mm-hmm. it's good it's like like i was saying in the last chapter he's like, okay, I gotta make sure I don't get in trouble. So it's still, like, it's, like, a gradual thing. And I think that Joe does a good, like, job of illustrating how that's yeah. kind of a process. Um, but I also um, think, like, this is important, too, because I... And I'm sure, like... I mean, we grew up in similar families and stuff, but there is this, like, notion of children. Like, you have to respect people, like, older people, like, elder elders not elderly but elders mm-hmm. um <laughs> and there is this thing that like i think carrie's what 13 here so mm-hmm. and i believe kind of around the same time it dawned on me too it's like you have to give respect to get respect and there's a difference between like being respectful of someone and just keeping your mouth shut right so there were like be times because i was mm-hmm. also like a sh- different kid <laughs> um and there mm-hmm. were times that people and like that I was related to had some things to say about me to my parents. Like I'll never forget, we had one um, Thanksgiving where like 
it got real, real. Um, yeah. Only yeah. The only reason I don't remember is because I either wasn't alive. No, you were you were alive and around. All the kids, you were, but you were young um, and well, like just, you probably just didn't get I was super young. The or wasn't like in the yeah. I don't think you. I know about the story now. About when I, I, when I was going to college. So you yeah. Then it went it over your head, went over my head. But because um, I was like, you were definitely around and a, a sentient, mm-hmm. like not sentient. Not that kids aren't sentient, but like you, you had you <laughs> been paying attention, you would have like clicked together. But you just probably weren't paying attention, mm-hmm. whatever. But anyway, so this went down at Thanksgiving. I'll never forget it. And my mom and dad were like, they stood up for me, but wait. Yeah, I don't oh, so I had a fam a, a family member, an older family member, tell my parents that I needed to go to an HBCU because I wasn't black enough, or I was too white. I think is actually what the wording was. Um, and this is after I decided that I was going to Indiana University. So, um, it was one of those like weird things where I was like, a I, I I hadn't really fully come into myself into into like and into the knowledge and I wasn't self-aware enough to know like there is no such thing as being too white or not being black enough like I am black it is in it I am not ashamed of who I am I couldn't hide my blackness if I tried so um there's no point in like even that like isn't even like now if someone tells me that I'm not black enough or I'm too white like I use that as like an indictment of them and not of myself but back then it still was very much like weighing on me um and my parents stood up for me in a way but there was also this like tacit not acknowledgement that like I couldn't say anything to her like I couldn't stand up for myself and that idea of and I think that was kind of when I was like okay I can't say anything, but that doesn't mean that I have to respect what she just said to me. And I don't have to respect mm-hmm. her in, in that moment. Like, cause it's not to say that mm-hmm. I don't respect her, you know, at all. There are people that I just yeah. don't respect. Um, but like, I don't have to respect that thought process and I don't have to, just because she's older than me and just because she's like, you know, if she tells me to like, go open the door or go get some, you know, like I have to like, I have to do that because of age and just the way our family works, our family dynamics or whatever. That's how our family is structured. Like if I'm older than you and I ask you to do something and it's not go jump off a bridge, you do it. Like that's just how it works. Like I'll never forget when Bayana's dad said that we were going to X-Men. I'm so, I'm so bitter. I'm still so bitter. I'm pretty sure you brought I'm this up in so the podcast too before. I'm so bitter. We were going to X-Men. You know what's really what? funny about it? Is that... Cause we yeah, it's checking it up being right? good. But... What's hilarious about it is that, like, from my point of view, at whatever eight... Well, yeah. Uh, like, eight or nine. From my point of view, it was, like, you and our other cousin, um, who's your age... For people who don't know who we're talking about, it would sound like you guys—you guys, guys were like arguing or complaining about it. And I was like, "Dude, what is going on with me? Oh my god, I'm not even that young. I'm it's sorry. not fair." But um, but like, if it had been me and I had a choice, I mean, I really mess with Shrek. But if I had a choice to see X Men, and it was like Shrek was one of those things. Shrek was one of those things where you had to see it to be like, oh, okay, right? Because it was like it was a. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, it was the first one. one. Right? It was marketed as a kids yeah. movie. Yeah, and I was going. He said, "Do you want to go to the movies?" 
do you want to go see X-Men? And I said, yes. And he bought my ticket to Shrek and gave me a ticket to go to Shrek with you guys. And it wasn't like I didn't like being around you guys because even, even when we were younger and I was in like the moody teenage, early teenage years or whatever, it wasn't even like I'm mad that I have to like watch, or watch this movie with y'all. It was, I don't get to watch X-Men. Like, that was all. It was just right. like, but... <laughs> I was, I was coming, I said yes to watch X-Men. I didn't say yes to watch Shrek, but I went like, you know what I mean? It was like, I had this like look of like, how dare you on my face? And I was mad. And he, and if you know my uncle, you would, you would know how much pleasure he got from doing it too. So it wasn't like, cause he has no chill in general. So it was even just like, the, the side of me, actually my mom doesn't have chill either, but like mostly the side of me where like, I don't have chill. That's all of my, that's all my dad. So it was, he was literally like so where that happy with himself for trolling me as well that it was just like, it was too much to handle. <laughs> but there was at no point when he handed me that ticket, was there not the understanding that I was go not like I wasn't going to the movies with y'all. You know what I mean? Like my uncle told me to do this thing and now I'm doing mm-hmm. this thing. Um, and I could huff and puff all I wanted to, but whatever. Um, and so all of that to say, like for Harry to come to this realization, like, he doesn't like the Dursleys, and he knows how they feel about him, and it wears on him, and all of these things, but for him to, like, come to the realization, like, I will be nice to her if she's nice to me. Like, the, all of these things are reciprocal. So, hopefully, as you're giving mm-hmm. me this talk, when you go pick up Marge, she'll get a similar talk. We know that that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen, it but should. it should though. That's the thing is like, we see that, that it should. And my thing is, is like, you know, cause some adults are just like yeah. out of pocket. And sometimes you have to take them aside and be like, look, you need to chill when it comes to these kids. And if like Vernon was a reasonable adult, um, who probably like, and the other thing is like, we'll see like Vernon most likely, like, even though we see, like, Marge's reactions to Harry are far more extreme than Vernon's was, like, she has no reason to dislike this kid other than the things that Vernon yeah. has told her. Um, so, obviously, he's not going to tell her not to mistreat yeah. Harry. But I think the other thing, too, when it comes to Marge, and we'll get back, we'll get back to the story, um, is that she, like, or it, it's not even just Marge, it's the Dursleys as a whole, they go out of their way to poke at Harry and then want to get, want to act shocked when he reacts or, you right. know, and it's like, you don't let Dudley like prick his finger without expecting a temper tantrum or whatever. You know what I mean? Like when I think, was it chamber of secrets when he like was getting ready to um, have a temper tantrum and Harry scooped up the bacon really fast and like Petunia Oh, no, okay. So, so, like, you know what I mean? Like, they all walk on eggshells when Dudley has these, like, outbursts. And none of them are nearly as justifiable as what Harry's outbursts are. Which is, like, you can only... Mm-hmm. It's like a dog or... I mean, whatever. We're animals in a... You know, we are all animals. Like, you can only poke me so many times before I lose it. And mm-hmm. I even think that, like abusive parents, abusive people in the real world know that. Like, they know they walk this fine line of what to do and what not to do. And then with Harry, and, like, Harry has this 
abnormality, it's like you should be even more cognizant of the line that you walk with him. Right? Yeah. But it's a similar thing to like to Hedwig where they're like, we're going to lock her up, but she better not make no noise. Well, exactly. That makes no sense. It's like, and that's the thing. <laughs> Well, that logic is absolutely And, and that's not the sound. thing about, like, the, the going back and reading these as an adult, and, like, I usually start with Prisoner of Askman when I do my reread, so um, it was more shocking to me with Chamber of Secrets and stuff, but, like, I'm, I'm, very, com- I'm very comfortable with this book. And um, still, as an adult, like, every time I read it and I'm older and I'm older, it, it, it's even more, like, mind-boggling. It's like, what did you expect? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're cause and effect. Whatever that, like, <laughs> whatever that, like, um, yeah, in your brain, you understand cause to effect as they a whole. Like none of y'all, um, like Petunia, like you went through this with Lily. You should know. Like if he gets too emotional, shit goes down. down. Yeah, it's weird. So, um, okay. And thirdly, said Uncle Vernon, we've told Marge you attend St. Brutus's Secure Center for Incurably Criminal Boys. What? Harry yelped. And you'll be sticking to that story, boy, or there'll so be trouble. So then I'm asking you to lie. Um, While calling you a right. liar. Um, and a criminal. And a criminal. <laughs> well, Petunia, I'll be off to the station. Um, Want to come along for the ride? Debtors? No. Um, Daddy's got to make himself smart for his auntie, said Petunia, smoothing Dudley's thick blonde hair. Mummy's bought him a lovely new bow tie. Like, this boy is 13. It's a problem. Um, Uncle Vernon clapped Dudley on his porky shoulder. I mean, also, real quick, we should talk about, like, we talked yeah. about it with Millicent, and we talked about it with um, Tom Riddle, too, but just, like, the... the physical descriptions. Um, mm-hmm. Because even, I mean, it's not even, it's like... Yeah, it's just like Porky Shoulder, Uncle Vernon. They, it's, he's, they're always described by their size. Like even Petunia is, bony is and what she's bony and horse faced. So it's like always, always the like bad people or terrible people are described by their physical like physical descriptions. Um, just something to keep in mind. Doesn't like take away from how well, horrible they are. But yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it doesn't like, take away from the actions that they do, but. It does a disservice to people who are genuinely like big boned and beautiful and, and lovely and you know what I mean? And like you don't it just because you're and I think for Dudley too, it's a sign of like it's more of a sign of gluttony in all things and having no and, and the the Dursleys having no restraints on him and so it manifests in like how he eats and how porky he is and stuff like that. It's like a reinforcement of that. But it does a it it it's um yeah. it's tricky and it's dangerous. Yeah. And she and she really like um, harps on it. Yeah. So Harry had been sitting in a horrified trance, got quickly to his feet, and followed Uncle Vernon to the door. Um he had an idea. He had an so, idea. Uh let, I'm not taking you, Uncle Vernon said as he snarled. Like I wanted to come, Harry said coldly. I wanted to ask you something. Third years at Hog at my school are allowed to visit the village sometimes. So snapped Uncle Vernon. I need you to sign the permission form. And why would I do that, sneered Uncle Vernon. Well, it'll be hard work pretending to Aunt Marge that I go to that St. What's-It 
St. Brutus's secure center for incurably criminal boys, bellowed Uncle Vernon, and Harry is pleased to hear a definite note of panic in his voice. Exactly. It's a lot to remember. I'll have to make it sound convincing, won't I? What if I accidentally let something slip? You'll be getting the stuffing knocked out of you, won't you, roared Uncle Vernon, advancing on Harry with his fist raised. But Harry stood his ground. Knocking the stuffing out of me won't make Aunt Marge forget what I could tell her. Uncle Vernon snapped. His fist still raised. His stopped. Uh, stopped. Sorry. His fist still raised. His face an ugly puce. But if you sign my permission form, Harry went on quickly. I'll swear I'll remember where I'm supposed to go to school, and I'll act like a mug, like I'm normal and everything. Right. He snapped finally. I shall monitor your behavior carefully during Marge's visit. If at the end you've towed the line and kept to the story, I'll sign your ready form. Um. That's amazing. But also... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just another example of, like, how he's... I mean, I think the other thing is, like, not only is he, like, less afraid of them, but he's also, like, learning yeah. how to play them um, and how to, like, manipulate them to kind of get with it. And, like, and not even manipulate, but just kind of, like, go around them and kind of, like, this is how definitely, to this is, deal with them and how to interact with them in order to yeah, get Yeah, but this is definitely wants. manipulation. Like, he's basically um, extorting and blackmailing Oh, totally. Them, which is, like, fine, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, like, I'll play your game. Like, like these are the rules that mm-hmm. you've laid out. So... If this is how it works to get where I what I need, then I'm fine to play this game with you. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's funny though to note that Harry basically like they. I mean, they have this weird. I don't know. It's like so Harry promises not to send letters to his friends, and that's how. Or I mean, that's kind of like the way in which Hedwig gets let out of her cage and then uncle vernon promises that if he behave or if he does what he's supposed to with marge then he'll sign the form and it's this weird like system that they set up of trust because like in every other way like harry should never trust the dursleys to do anything just by the way that they treat him and the dursleys in mm-hmm. turn shouldn't trust harry because of the way they treat <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just like, Harry's got to mm-hmm. do what he's got to do to survive. So the way that they keep this, like, relationship intact is, like, by keeping their words on, like, when they come to an agreement. Because I feel like if they don't, then the whole system falls down, falls apart. And, like, yeah. Harry can go shout to the rooftops about how they treat him or who he is mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's just really funny um, to note that. Yeah, just because it's like, why would you trust, like, Harry seems very confident that once Vernon says, okay, if you behave, then I will sign your form. And it's because of, like, mm-hmm. how they've worked out their, whatever this is. <laughs> it's not a family. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, shout out to it being an hour in. <laughs> what are we on? Um, <laughs> We're on, like, the third page of this chapter? Okay, we're, we're, we're moving on. Um, so Harry um, goes up to his room. Um, if he was going to act like a real muggle, he'd better start now. He gathers up his presents and his birthday cards and hides them under the loose floor. How big is this little little nook under Do his, you remember under loose um, Lane's loose floorboard in her room in Gilmore Girls? 
She, well, she a also had a, oh, she a closet and I think was some stuff under her bed too. She had yeah. a lot of stuff happening. Lane's under Lane's floorboard that was just her DVDs. Yeah, but there was a lot down there, her CDs too. She had but she had a couple of loose floorboards. Because she was like pooping up. Yeah. yeah. Lane was doing the most as well. Um yeah, Lane basically had like a black market <laughs> in her room. <laughs> um anyway, um then he went to Hedwig's cage. Errol seemed to have recovered. He and Hedwig were both asleep, heads under their wings. Hedwig, he said, you're going to have to clear off for a week. Go with Errol. Ron will look after you. I'll write him a note explaining. And don't look at me like that. It's not my fault. It's the only way I'll be allowed to visit Hogsmeade with Ron and Hermione. Hedwig's just mad because like, she's like, why I gotta go live with him? Why can't I go right? on tour? I also why can't I just boy do... bye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... I also think Hedwig is like, you couldn't wait till I woke up for this. I'm true. Excuse you. The queen is sleeping. Do you see my head under my wing? Yeah. That's my do not disturb. So, um, but yeah, it's also really funny though. Like Um, 10 minutes later, Errol and Hedwig who had a note to Ron bound to her leg soared out of the window and out of sight. So like Hedwig, I don't know. It's like, like Harry talks to Hedwig. Like she, Full sentences. She understands. I know she does, does. but it's just like, it's really funny how that works. But like Hedwig will give him side eye and then be like, fine. Like she'll still do it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like it's this really cute dynamic of Hedwig Knowles Carter that just, I love. (laughs) Yeah. I I mess with Hedwig. Um, Harry now feeling, feeling thoroughly miserable, put the empty cage away inside the wardrobe. Um, in next to no time, Aunt Petunia was shrinking up the stairs for Harry to come down and be get ready to welcome their guests. Um, do something about your hair, she snapped. Um, Harry couldn't see the point of trying to make his hair lie flat. Aunt Marge loved criticizing him. So the untidier he looked, the happier she would be. Um, so Aunt Marge comes. She was very like Uncle Vernon, large, beefy, and purple-faced. And she even had a mustache, though not as bushy as his. And I wrote Um, ugly equals bad again. Yeah, pretty much, again. Um, in one hand, she held an enormous suitcase and tucked under the other was an old and evil-tempered bulldog. Where's my dudders, she roared. Where's my nephew poo? That's, like, they're just But I made a horrible, note, though, because like, I don't know why this just reminded me. So we have a cousin who's 22, right, Kevin? Um, yeah, he's 22. He's like, mm-hmm. or, like him and Bayana are very similar um, age. Um yeah, we're like yeah. almost a year apart. But I talk to him. I I still like calling him Kevin sounds weird. I call him Kevy Wevy, and I will I love you, Kevy Wevy. And he's a full grown adult, like in law school, fully fully realized human being. And <laughs> I smush his face together. I don't. There's something about him. He's never not been five years old in my mind in my brain and like when i look at him i see a fully formed adult but my my feels see a five-year-old no matter what and there's it was really weird like hearing that and like noticing something of myself in marge in that sense and being like oh i gotta rethink my entire existence right like this is not okay (laughs) but there is too just like a little bit of humanize, humanizing her there because she doesn't get to see her nephew 
very often she lives in the country. She's like, True. if this, if the, if not given what happens next, it's a very cute moment of like familiar, like family love. Mm-hmm. But all of that is hinged also upon how she then treats Harry. Yeah. Which is, yeah. So, um, so Dudley comes wobbling down the hall. Um, Aunt Marge thrusts the suitcase into Harry's stomach, knocking the wind out of him, sees Dudley in, one, in a tight one-armed a hug, and planted a large kiss on his cheek. Harry knew perfectly well that Dudley only put up with Aunt Marge's hugs because he was well paid for it, and sure enough, when they broke apart... Dudley have a, had a crisp 20-pound note clutched in his fat fist. Petunia shouted Marge, um, shredding past Harry as though he was a hat stand. Aunt Marge and Petunia kissed, or rather Aunt Marge bumped her large shot against Petunia's bony cheek bone. Um, so then they start talking about tea, and um, Petunia asks what ripper the dog will take, and she's like, he'll have some tea out of my saucer. Ew. Gross. No. Ew. Sorry, I had a look of disgust <laughs> on my face and I realized just now that you couldn't hear that. Disgusting. Disgusting. Um, so they all went Ew. to the kitchen leaving Harry <laughs> alone in the hall with the suitcase. Um, so he began to take the case upstairs into the spare bedroom taking as long as he could. This is also a really weird thing that they want Harry around so they're able to have someone to mistreat. Right, and then it's considered rude if he were to, like, stay in his room the whole time, which is weird because, like, you don't like him, so let him be. Away. And I think we kind of talk about this. We're very similar, you and I, in the in the sense of, like, if I don't like you, I just don't mess with you. I don't. It... Yeah. And not in the I don't mess with you, so I'm going to mess with you. It's in I don't mess with you, so I'm literally just going to separate uh, There's no need for it. us to interact. <laughs> there's, there's no or need for me to, like... Or... Constantly bring up the fact that I don't mess with you. It's just like you go mm-hmm. ahead and live your life in your way on your time over there, away from me, and I'll do the same. And we can. I hope. I wish you well over there, away from me, and I'll be over mm-hmm. here, away <laughs> from you. There we go. No, and it's good. just weird, like. But it is. It's a trait that people have you know what I mean there are people that just thrive Mm -hmm. off of like being nasty for no reason like let him go in his room yeah so um so by the time he got back to the kitchen Aunt Marge had been supplied with tea and fruitcake and Ripper was lapping noisily in the corner Harry saw Aunt Petunia wince as specks of tea and drool flecked her kitchen floor Aunt Petunia hated animals that's the other thing is like why is she so quiet about some of this stuff? I'm just like, you don't like dogs in your spot. Be like Vernon. Don't let her bring her dog. Or the dog gotta go outside. Or the dog goes outside. Why is the dog inside? Um, anyway, I think, um, who's looking after the, I think too, there's also this like inferiority complex or this thing because Marge chose Vernon for how muggle he is and how nasty he is. Um, you mean yeah, Petunia chose for it. I'm sorry. That, yeah. Um, so <laughs> as much as like Vernon is chastising Harry to not show his abnormality, he's also kind of reminding Petunia in a way that like she is related to this abnormality. You know what I mean? So like 
I feel like maybe Petunia feels like she doesn't have a leg to stand on because Harry is her niece. I mean, her nephew. Right. And so she kind of feels... That's an interesting relationship that I'm, like, curious to know more about. Uh, What do you mean? Like, we understand why Petunia chose Vernon, but I'm curious, like, what their relationship... Like, because we we only really see them in Mm -hmm. relation to Harry, mostly, and, like, I'm curious what... How Harry affects their relationship. If that makes sense. Like, the only thing we really saw is Vernon being, like, afraid to bring up the Potters, like, real early on. Um, I guess at this point it's like 11 years mm-hmm. 12 years ago. Because it um, upset her. Because it upset her. But I'm curious if there's like, if he treats her a certain way. And not even like in an explicitly like abusive way. But if there's just certain things that he holds against her because of like who her family was. Yeah. And I mean, or, and yeah, I think like is. even even just having Harry there is a constant reminder of Lily and who her, like where she comes from, who her family is. And does that... Mm-hmm how that seeps into their relationship. And because it feels like if you put being normal on a pedestal, then you're always feeling like you're working. I'm, I'm like showing you, but I can't explain it because I talk with my hands, but she's mm-hmm. always like looking, working up to being normal. She's always like just lacking something. Right. And like Harry being in that house is a constant reminder that she is not, fully normal or she is related to not fully normal or whatever that is and she can't separate mm-hmm. herself from it um right so yeah maybe it's really i feel like it's one of those things that they try to ignore for the most part but then when like someone like marge comes um or when harry's back i mean and we even see it kind of shows up yeah, a little bit later too um in the same um, way that marge denigrates harry he's denigrating petunia she's denigrating petunia also in a in, you know yeah. differently but yeah um so who's looking after the dogs marge uncle vernon asked oh i've got colonel fubster managing them boomed aunt marge he's retired now good for him to have something to do but i couldn't leave poor old ripper he a ripper he pines if he's away from me um fun fact aunt marge has a really big crush on colonel fubster but he doesn't mess with her because for obvious reasons terrible um, i always thought like i was reading like um i wonder if colonel fubster and aunt marge are because the way she talks nah, about it, but he, I like it. <laughs> mostly just because she's a horrible person. <laughs> I like it. It makes me feel yeah. happy. So Aunt Marge um, finally sees Harry, or like, or her attention is turned to Harry. So, still here, are you? Yes, said Harry. Don't you say yes in that ungrateful tone. It's damn good of Marge, of, oh, wow. It's damn good of Vernon and Petunia to keep you. Wouldn't have done it myself. You'd have gone straight to an orphanage if you'd been dumped on more, on my doorstep. First of all, who asked you? No one. What was the point of you even saying that? And also, that's the first thing you say to him? All he said was yes. All of a sudden, he's ungrateful. All he said was yes. Yeah, but I also think, though, it's weird um, to think that he should be grateful. He's been there since he was one. He doesn't know anything else like you don't ask like you don't say Dudley should be grateful that he's allowed to stay with his parents you know what I mean like it's his home he's been abused for 13 years like what (laughs) it's weird right it's like to me it's like you you don't you're not grateful for 
Like, you should be grateful for, like, when your parents go above and beyond and things like that, or your guardians or whatever. But you shouldn't feel grateful that they allow you to stay with them and they didn't send you to an orphanage when arguably he might have been treated better had he gone to an orphanage. I mean, Harry was bursting to say he'd rather live in an orphanage than with the Dursleys. Yeah. Um, But the thought of Hogsmeade stopped him. He forced his face into a painful smile. Don't you smirk at me, said or boomed Aunt Marge. I can see you haven't improved since I last saw you. I hoped school would knock some manners into you. Where is it you send him again, Vernon? St. Brutus's, said Uncle Vernon. It's a first-rate institution for hopeless cases. So it's just like... I mean, it's not really surprising because of, like, what we've seen of Vernon, but it's, like, mm-hmm. very much enabling and allowing Marge to talk to this boy like this. Like, who are yeah. you? You just got here. Why are you even, like, But there's also this so weird, there's this weird thing where, like, Harry can't win in general. Mm-hmm. So he says yes, and then um, don't say yes in that tone. So then he just tries to, like, smile like what what's he supposed to do with his face you right. can't help his face you know what I, mean? I don't know it's just like there it's weird like he can't win for losing no um so i see said aunt marge do they use the cane at saint brutus's boy or uncle vernon nodded curtly behind marge's back yes said harry all the time Excellent, said Aunt Marge. I won't have this namby-pamby, wishy-washy nonsense about not hitting people who deserve it. A good thrashing is what's needed in 99 cases out of 100. Have you been beaten often? So, I'm trying to think, like, what evidence does she have that he deserves being beaten with a cane? How many, like... Yeah, I'm just like... it. That's that's one of the things that doesn't make a lot of sense in, in this chapter, and, like... You know, there are just some horrible people, but like there there are reasons why um there there are reasons why Vernon and Petunia, however invalid they are, there are reasons why they like treat Harry the way that they treat them. But Marge just comes up and it's like, Why are you like this? Like there's no real like context yeah. other than that he's well, other than that she's Vernon's sister. Like there's no real reason why she should be this horrible. I mean, I think it goes back to what you were saying about, like, well, whatever Vernon has been telling her. But then there's also this weird thing, too, where it's like, okay, well, he's supposed to go to St. Brutus as a first-rate place for hopeless cases. So it's like you don't want him to improve. Like, if he was who they thought that he was, and he was going to St. Brutus's... But even then, like, okay, yeah, you've heard some stuff from Vernon... But you've also known this kid, like, he was, she was whacking him across the shins at four. How bad of a person can you be at four years old? And the other thing is, like, use some damn, like, observational skills. Use your eyes. <laughs> like, use your own context clues from, like, the times if you've had interactions with him. Has he ever been, like, a problem to you specifically? And then why ratchet it up? Like, it's worse than Vernon, the way she's treating him. As if, like, he had wronged her personally in some way. And that just doesn't make sense. I low-key wish she had come back in, like, uh, Half-Blood Prince or some shit. I really want to see, like, after the events of this and then Harry also not giving a fuck at that point, like, what that interaction would have been like. Um, Yeah, I I think, like, I was trying to be like, well, you know, and then I was like, there's no rationale for this, so I can't really give you any insight into why she does what she does because it doesn't 
there's no, like you said, there's no reason. There's, it doesn't make any sense. I would say, though, that um, she she goes into, like, bad blood and things like that. So there is, like, nothing. It reminds me so much of Jane Eyre, where it's just, like, the sheer, his sheer presence is what offends her. Right. You know? And, like, you kind of see this um, in... I don't know if you guys have read Jane Eyre. It's an amazing book. You should read it. But when Jane is growing up with her aunt, um, after her uncle dies, her aunt is so jealous of how, the love that her uncle had for Jane, even though, by all accounts, he didn't treat his children bad. He didn't make Jane special. He just didn't treat Jane like crap. And so, like, the, mm-hmm. the, um, like Jane's sheer presence is what's offensive and I feel like the same way with Harry. Like, every time she looks at Harry, he looks... Just the fact that he's there. And so she has this thing about, you know, like, bad blood. And so he was born bad. He'll stay bad. He'll always be bad. He's hopeless. The thing that doesn't make sense then is, like, okay, well, then, why do you care if he's being... Like, if the idea is that being caned or beaten improves how you behave but he's hopeless you know what I mean? it's like right. so then what what's the point the of beating here him? Is like you're beating him just to beat him which means that you're abusive circular you know what i mean like those like those disconnects um, yeah so she asks harry if he's been beaten often oh yeah said harry loads of times um aunt marge narrowed her eyes i still don't like that your tone boy if you can speak of your beatings in that casual way, they clearly aren't hitting you hard enough. Petunia, I'd write if I were you. Make it clear that you approve of the use of extreme voice, force in this boy's case. Um, which is just like, dude, <laughs> like, why? What the fuck? Um, Uncle Vernon changes the subject because um, he's afraid that Harry won't be able to uh, keep his temper. Um, yeah, so... The week kind of starts going by. Harry caught himself thinking almost longingly of life at number four without Aunt Marge. Um, Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia usually encouraged Harry to stay out of their way, which Harry was only too happy to do. Aunt Marge, on the other hand, wetted Harry under her eyes at all times so that she could boom out suggestions for his improvement. So that's what I'm saying. It's just like much more like, I mean, not even deliberate, um, but just like, I don't know. He's just, she's just way more. Um, I can't even think of the word right now. I don't know. It's it's just like she. It's very. It's much more active. It feels like it's in. It's more often that it's more active, if that makes sense. Um. So yeah. So anyway, she delighted in comparing Harry with Dudley, who took pleasure in buying Dudley and took pleasure in buying Dudley expensive presents while glaring at Harry as though daring to ask why he hadn't gotten a present too. She also kept throwing out dark hints about what made Harry such an unsatis- unsatisfactory person. I'm, why is she getting so much pleasure out of this? Like, can she do something else? Like, have some damn chill. I know, but I also want to like point out too, though that like the, the Dursleys also do this, which is like pit their how they treat Dudley and Harry against how they treat mm-hmm. Harry. And it's like another form of abuse, but in doing so, like they don't think about like the damage it does exactly. to Dudley. Um, the person who apparently they're supposed to like love and cherish and all these things. Like 
his even if he is being treated favorably over someone, his entire existence, he is being pitted mm-hmm. against someone. Like he's not allowed to be and like um as a sibling myself and like there are times when I'm compared to my brother and it's like even when it's like I'm being compared favorably to my brother, it doesn't make me feel good, right? Like it's like, oh, you should like you're smarter than him. And it's like, A, no, I'm not. We're smart in different ways. But B, it's like, that's not it's like when someone says like, oh, you're cute for a black girl. It's like, that's not a compliment. Like it doesn't make me feel good. It's not like praising me for innately who I am. It's praising me for not being like this Mm -hmm. other person. And it's damaging. And it's like, even if Dudley doesn't mess with Harry that way, it's like, it's still damaging. Like, a little bit more damaging between, si- like, siblings who you love and right. cherish. Right? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I love my brother. So for you to, like, put us against each other in a way that denigrates him is, like, doesn't make me feel good for me or for him. And, like, how dare you? But then also, like, we see, like, you know, and... um Deathly Hollows, or, yeah, I think it's Deathly Hollows, and Dudley says, like, I don't think you're a waste of space, and it's, like, their relationship was so messed up when they literally could have just been having those squabbles of a certain, you know, Dudley's cool and whatever, and he's, but, like, there's a large part of that relationship that was poisoned by the adults Mm -hmm. acting like a hot mess, and it's just, it's sad. Totally. And yeah, I, I want to, that's actually a post idea that I don't know if I could do, but like the idea of like how Dudley is affected, like what is Dudley's life like? Um, and kind of the opposite of Petunia, you know, like with Petunia, it was like, oh, look at how great Lily is and look at all these things. And she's so special. And so she feels left out and not as special mm-hmm. because of that. And for Dudley, it's, Oh, look at how nice and normal Dudley is, and look at that. He like, gets everything you know. he wants, while also seeing. yeah. There's a, there's a difference between just getting everything you want because your parents like do that versus giving every giving you everything you want, but then also like very clearly not giving like for all intents and purposes your sibling anything, and constantly yeah. like oh you get I get rewarded for everything, but they don't. They get absolutely nothing, and they also get like verbally, physically abused. While I just get whatever and I want. Also, yeah, and also, like, seeing Harry, like, as a person, you know, like, there's all this time where Dudley is not around the Dursleys, and he goes to school, and I'm sure he's, like, encountered people like Harry, you know what I mean? They're, like, perfectly nice, they're smart, you know, they're probably not, like, the coolest person, but they're mm-hmm. harmless, and then he sees, like, oh, well, if Joe isn't that bad, what makes Harry that bad? Oh, because Harry is a wizard, but, like, Harry's never... You know what I mean? It's, like, you're not, like... Your home life isn't, like, a bubble, so you can see, like, outside... I'm sure when he goes to, like, Pierce's house, and Pierce's parents aren't acting crazy. He probably tells Pierce no every once in a while, hopefully. Mm -hmm. You know, and he's like, oh, my parents are not, like, right. (laughs) You know? Like, it's just... It's, yeah, so, um, you mustn't blame yourself for the way the boys turned out, Vernon, she said over lunch on the third day. So she's here for and a like week. like, so every day halfway. she's just like, let's talk more about Harry. Yeah. If there's something rotten on the inside, there's nothing anyone can do about it. 
And Harry is trying to concentrate, um, even though his face is starting to burn from anger. Remember the form. He told himself, think about Hogsmeade. Don't say anything. Don't rise. Aunt Marge reached for her glass of wine. It's one of the basic rules of breeding. You see it all the time with dogs. If there's something wrong with the bitch, there'll be something wrong with the pup. And it's like, what? A, you, she is so miserable she can only, only dogs mm-hmm. can love her. Only a dog could love her. As seen by Colonel... Fubster. What's his face? Fubster. Um, but also it's like, you don't compare dogs to or people. To children, period. To <laughs> children, breeding, there's a whole nature versus nurture argument, right? And that's fine to a certain extent, but it goes back to what we were saying. Like, if there's something, you see it in breeding. If there's something wrong with a bitch, or something wrong with a pup. Well, the bitch's sister is sitting right there. So what's wrong with her? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what you're, say- what you're basically saying in the, this awkward way is there's something wrong with Lily, so there's something mm-hmm. wrong with Harry. But if there's something wrong with Lily and Lily and Petunia have the exact same parenting, that same thing should be wrong with mm-hmm. Petunia. Yeah, and it's, and so, it's interesting that we don't get much of Petunia in this chapter. Um, because, like, again, like, you know, yeah. she kind of tries to go around it. Like, Marge goes around it like, oh, no, Petunia, it wasn't you. But that's, like, a very, that's one of those, like, oh, you're one of the good ones type, like, type yeah. argument. Um, yeah, and it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, Marge reaches for her wine glass and shards of glass flew in every direction. Marge goes up between you. Marge, well, are no, you she's right? holding the glass and it explodes in her hand. She's, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, at the moment, the wine glass she was holding explodes. Mm-hmm. Um, not to worry, must have squeezed too hard. Did the same thing at Colonel Fubster's the other, the other day. No need to fuss. Petunia have a very firm grip. Um... So um, Petunia and Uncle Vernon were both looking at Harry suspiciously, um, and he decides he better skip dessert and escape as soon as he can. It had been a long time since he'd lost control and made something explode. He couldn't afford to let it happen again. The Hogsmeade form wasn't the only thing at stake. If he carried on like that, he'd be in trouble with the Ministry of Magic. And there's like a little bit of summary after that about what happened yeah, last time. Yeah, but I have a problem with like, but we talked about this too, but, and also, yeah, it didn't happen in the in the movie, but um, last summer he got a letter, so he's got a he's got, already got his one warning or whatever. But um, the I know that they like at this eight like he said it's been a long time, you know, so that he's going into his third year at Hogwarts, so he has more control over his magic. But there's still um, the idea, and I wonder about this in terms of like even Voldemort and stuff, like when we talked last episode about like sending, you know, having them do homework when they can't really control Mm -hmm. their surroundings and stuff. Like if you're sending kids back to all these manner of home, home life situations and you know, there's a possibility that they come from broken homes or abusive homes. Um, even Snape, you know, like Snape talks about his father and how his father treated him. Or he doesn't talk about it, but we see it. We see it. Yeah. Um, I just wonder like, how do they, 
how do you balance those types of things? And is there a like a magical child protective services? Like, obviously not, because Harry would have found a better way to. You know, right, I, I know that, that would have been up to Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, I know that Harry's circumstances are a little like, bit different, but yeah, special, right? Because it's like you have to endure this torture because it's saving your life in this way or whatever. Um, but it, you know, it just, it's sad to think, but like, I don't think that Harry is unique in being an abused child and how do those like magical children deal with like that kind of pain and emotion that they have to suffer day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And obviously it wears on them. You know what I mean? I mean, look at what happened to Dumbledore's sister. Sister. Yeah. like. Yeah, exactly, exactly. She could never even go to Hogwarts because of that. So, yeah, it's just it's it's weird that there isn't, um, like there aren't more laws around like underage wizardry, um, and not just in like oh they can't use magic, but just in terms of like their own development and how that and it's like it affects their it affects like their their mental state affects their magic and like yeah. their and, and and not even not that and then also because it's all like emotions so their emotions affect their magic their like surroundings affect their magic and so if you and and even on like a purely like not like empathetic tip just like if you want to <laughs> keep your shit secret you really got to keep tabs on the kids and what their surroundings are but then also just be a good person and like make sure the kids aren't in terrible situations and I mean like obviously like we live in the muggle world and that doesn't happen all the time and like so we can't expect just because there's magic for them to be like we see like all the bureaucratic like type shit that happens um yeah and corruption that happens in the ministry of magic um but ideally, that would be a thing that people thought about. Um. Yeah, and just also, like, we this is in the UK, and they do have, like, the social safety net to a certain extent, right? So, like, in terms of the muggle world, you know, like, they have free health care, and you can... I don't know how the mental health works, or, you know... But does that translate into the magical world? Like, is there, like... Are there magical counselors? Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, and whether or not they choose to use those services, it just makes me wonder. Like, do those services exist? You know what I mean. The the Hogwarts guidance counselor should. It doesn't have to be Yama. Look, I'm being reasonable. She's probably shaking her head no at me. Um, it doesn't, but there should be someone looking after your mental and emotional state. It's uh, not just as children, but especially yeah. as children. Because um, it's like, it's not you have just, the least control. like, I mean, obviously that, like we were saying, like, that's like it is for muggles, but just also there's like this added thing of like this thing that you can't fully control as a kid. And yeah. And is, and as we see with, with Harry, it's where we see all, like all of them never got pushed out of a thing out of a window mm-hmm. and he bounced like he's stuff you can't really <laughs> control. And then as you see with, with Ariana Dumbledore and how like her, she, um, We'll, we'll talk about exactly what happened to her and, and like her, it's not yeah. all the way clear but we'll have a good discussion about that in later years but um she had a traumatic event happen to her and the music and the magic turned inward um 
And then that was, it was a wrap pretty much. Like she couldn't, like we were saying, she couldn't go to Hogwarts. She could, so it's just like certain, um, but also she was never able. And, and this is the thing. It's like, it, all of this does really come back to like the family unit mm-hmm. in general. Right. Cause like the Dumbledore's decided instead of like seeking help, taking her to St. Yeah. Instead of taking her to St. Mungo's or something like mm-hmm. kind of hiding her. Same thing with like Remus and his family, even though it's, it's a little bit different, different but yeah. type of thing. Um, but instead of seeking help, they, they turned inward or got more isolated themselves. But the repercussions of, like, I mean, this happens in all sorts of, you know, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, guys, so we're going to be aware. This happens in all sorts of, it shows up in all sorts of ways. Like, your, your mental health, your emotional health can affect your mm-hmm. well-being and, like, the safety of you and those around you, um, muggle or not. And, but even more so, like, Ariana not being able to control her magic directly leads to her death and her mother's death. And so, just in terms of that, it's, like, even as poorly done as it is, like, bureaucracy and the government tries to step in when people are a danger to themselves and to others. Like, it could be done better, of course, and we can have all those quibbles, but there is some sort of, like system there to try I mean it's set up to help whether how effective it is or not is a completely different thing but it's there and so it's just something interesting to think about because um getting back to Harry and Marge in this in this instance like if there's something wrong with the bitch there'll be something wrong with the pup like that is a traumatic thing here as a 13 year old whose parents mm-hmm. were murdered and she doesn't know his parents were murdered but, but even just still they died she knows when he his was parents a baby, died like, when he was young and that's traumatic mm-hmm. in and of itself right and apparently in their story to her he was in the car so he also has survivor's mm-hmm. guilt because it doesn't matter how old or how young you are like if you are in a car and your mom and dad died but you are alive you have survivor's guilt it exists. It's traumatic. And then you're in this house and then you have this strange woman who you see once, twice a year come in and let you know that your mother, who died, there's something wrong with her and there's something wrong with you and you can't do anything about it. You're rotten mm-hmm. to begin with. You're you're doomed. Like, what it's the fuck? Fuck. And the fact that we don't really know, like, why she's this way, like, why she's on 10. Like, when you, ha- when you bring Marge into the equation, like, the Dursleys are at, like, a two. <laughs> and real, that's, really? that's the craziest part about it. And I think that, like, I, you know, you never forget how horrible Marge is. Um, but, like, just rereading this chapter, I was like, wait. Like, just in comparison to the Dursleys on, like, a normal day, it was just like, you're doing a lot. Like, the most. <laughs> and for me to say that with the, the other three there is like saying something. <laughs> um, yeah. And this is for a, like a woman who has no reason, there's no like, there, reason there, for her to be that way. Like there really isn't. Um, and so Harry, the next three days forces himself to think about his, uh, broom care kit whenever Marge starts Real quick, in on him. Real I actually had something about that. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So this is kind of the beginning of the, like, the Patronus theme. Um, mm-hmm. And just, like, 
there's these horrible things happening to him or like, you know what I mean? Like, and he has to kind of, in his mind, it's just kind of like, think of the, think of the happy things to get me through this. Um, yeah. Exactly. Right. For this, it's broom care, which is, which is sad on another level. Um, but I mean, and we'll also see he gets a little Hermione-ish about it. Cause then he has like, he like has memorized some of the, what? some yeah, of the like, like things. What page number? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just like, <laughs> this, he's already starting to do this. And that, that's like a big, and, and obviously he doesn't know what a Patronus is. He doesn't know what a Dementor is at this point, but it's like already a thing that he's having to do in this household. Um, and it just kind of like starts that, that scene that, that like goes through this book. But you know what? When you say that, though, it's so true. Like, Marge is kind of a starter mm-hmm. Dementor. There's no... Like, she's Dementor sucks. light. <laughs> she's... De- yeah, she's Dementor... Dementor zero. Like, like um, the Sprite. Dementor zero. <laughs> <laughs> High five there. Um, but no, like, literally, she sucks the air out of the room with her negativity, at least for for Harry. I would and argue probably no for Virginia, to- too, but we just don't see it. Yeah, um, I I would definitely argue that as well. But um, and he has nowhere to go but inward. And thank God, she didn't get a week or she didn't whatever. She wasn't able to do it when he, before he went to Hogwarts. Like Ariana, and the magic didn't turn in. He already has like, you know, two years of Hogwarts and like has some control, some level of control over his magic. But he does turn inward and like. Goes, um, so I love this, this part where it says, this worked quite well, though it seemed to give him a glazed look because Aunt March started voicing opinions that he was mentally subnormal. So he would like just kind of date, like, you know, like be dazed off. And as nerds, I'm sure we've all gone into our own little like library of the mind mm-hmm. sometimes and have people be like, Hey, <laughs> earth to earth to nerd. Um, but that's the only way and like Marge doesn't care because she's a miserable person but like if someone told me the only way I can deal with a day with you is to like try to remember passages from do-it-yourself broom care I would be like hmm I should look into that and figure out a way to not be so Mm -hmm. terrible but alas (laughs) yeah um alas so this is Um, at last, at long last, <laughs> um, <laughs> the final evening of Marge's stay arrived. Um, Optunia cooked a fancy dinner. Uncle Vernon uncorked several bottles of wine. They got all the way through the soup and the salmon without a single mention of Harry's faults. During the lemon meringue pie, Uncle Vernon boring, bored them with a long talk about Grunnings, his drill making company. Because um, he's just boring as fuck. It's so irritating. Um, and then Optunia got coffee. And Uncle Vernon brought out some brandy. So she goes ahead and decides she's going to get fully drunk. Um, Which is the time when the kids are allowed to go. The coffee and brandy portion of the evening. And all, I don't care what walk of life it is. to be honest, I would stay for our family. (laughs) Oh, but But that's that's different. Shit, it's hilarious. This is not funny. But... But also, we were allowed and also sometimes encouraged to right. leave. Exactly. When the drinking got started. And because our, our family is not completely crazy, 
when we were younger, we were told to go on. You got to go. But the fact that, like, Dudley, well, Dudley's sitting there eating pie, like all the pie he can handle. And so he's. And my thing is, is like, while they say it, while he said, while they say it, and like in, in, like, in line with his character, it's like supposed to be another dig at him, like being fat. I mean, like, how good is this lemon lemon meringue pie, though? Because, like, if it was hella good, I'd eat four slices. slices. Like, what the fuck? Real quick. Is it Thanksgiving? Hell yeah, I mean, four slices of pie. Sorry. I have a really bad so, sweet tooth. This in is case a. No one knew. We know. <laughs> we know. Like, terrible. It's like a problem. Guy, and you know what I was just thinking about, too? We are going to hear about Bayana Sweet Tooth. Uh, the same way my serious puns are going to be out of control, Bayana Sweet Tooth is is going to be out of control because of all the mentions of chocolate in this book. And this there's just... True. You're just going to be like, well, I need some chocolate. How many chocolate? like all the way in the other room, so now I'm kind of sad. It's okay, though. I know, I was thinking about my coffee ice cream. Um, but... I stopped myself from getting ice cream um, today. Y'all should be proud of me. I literally picked it up and I was like, nah, let me not do this. And I felt very proud of myself. Good job. But it was literally in my hand. Usually once it's in my hand, it's a wrap. Like it's bought. But this time I put it back down. Look at me. I'm improving. Look at you. But yeah, I just want to say Harry really wanted to disappear into his bedroom. But he met Uncle Vernon's angry little eyes and knew he would have to sit it out. Why? Like, what? It's the active abuse of, like... Yeah, there's no... It doesn't make... Um, And then this, so she's fully drunk, because look at this transition. Um, Excellent nosh petunia. It's normally just a fry-up for me of an evening with 12 dogs to look after. She burps and then says, Pardon me, but I do like a healthy-sized... Or I do like to see a healthy-sized boy. You'll be a proper size man, Dutter. It's like your father. Yeah. Yes, I'll have a spot more brandy burnt. But it's just like him, her talking about 12 dogs going to the healthy size boy is no type of transition. <laughs> and that's just more like also, she's drunk as fuck at this point. Like where, what was Also that? like he poured a small one, a bit more, a little bit more. That's the ticket. And in between that pour and Harry meeting Uncle Vernon's eyes, like I want to dip. She puts down the empty. She's glass. also already she, had like, a lot of took wine. Took it to the head. Yeah, yeah. And she's getting more. So like they she'll, had yeah. Wine at dinner. She took the brandy to the the one to like dome. glass of brandy to the dome. That's not a shot. That was like a hold it and sip it. She took it to the dome and went back for a mm-hmm. refill. So she is feeling feeling oh, herself. Um, feeling herself. No, no, no. Not for oh, not for okay. March. Um, um, not for March. <laughs> now yeah, this one so. here, she jerked her head at Harry, who felt his stomach qu- clench. The handbook, he thought quickly. This one's got a mean, runty look about him. You get that with dogs. I had Colonel Fubster dr- drown one last year. Ratty little thing it was. What? Underbred. Um, what? I understand that breeders breed dogs to make money, and it's a business. But What? You don't just drown. What? Do you drown dogs because they're runts? I don't know. Are they in Charlotte's Web? I know. That's what I'm like. <laughs> what? Like, Was it Charlotte's Web or was that Babe? 
It might have been Animal Farm. One of them farm things. I don't know. It was not it was, Animal Farm. It was I Animal know, Farm. I <laughs> I like I'm when you like it's when you're going from Charlotte's Web stories. to Babe. It's probably Babe, actually. <laughs> animal Farm. To, one of these things is not no, like totally. Together. I know. I'm tired. I just um, saying. But words. yeah, it's just like. Um, also, like he's a runt because they don't feed him, and he spent his first eleven years in a fucking cl- mm-hmm. closet, in a dark, damp, small, so maybe, maybe damp, take small that closet. Up with your brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Wonder why he's maybe it's, why is he yeah, empty? Why is he underfed? Hmm? Yeah. These are questions. Hmm. Um, Harry decides he start, tries to remember page twelve of his book, A Charm to Cure Reluctant Reluctant Reversers. Um it, it all comes down to blood. As I was saying the other day, bad blood will out. Now I'm saying nothing against your family, Petunia, but whenever there's a but, just mm-hmm. stop there. But your sister was a bad egg. They turn up in the best families. Then she ran off with that wash, wash, wash roll, I think. And here's the result right in front of That's us. That's like... Did she ever meet no, James? They didn't never go met to his, They didn't go to his... And it's like... It right? reeks like, of like They came up for dinner once. Like, even blood purity, like that, all that is just straight up... It's just bigoted and terrible. But it's also just like you're, you've she's built this. Like I don't know. Like we said before, like we don't know what Vernon has told her, but she has obviously built this entire idea of who Lily and James were off of like what Vernon said or whatever, and took it to the extreme. Because mm-hmm. any rational person, even if you're like, ugh, I don't, they sound terrible, would know that they're only getting one half of the story. And would also know that they never met the person. So how are you going to judge their also, kid? Like exactly who never who, met who them? Doesn't remember who never, them? Yeah. Who are who? Yeah. Okay. Um, Harry was staring at his plate, a funny ringing in his ears. Grasp your fu- your fr- oh, wow. Grasps your broom firmly by the tail. He thought. Um, Aunt Marge's voice seemed to be boring into him like one of Uncle Vernon's drills. So again, that's like a very similar thing uh, to... Mm-hmm. To the Dementors? It's just like kind of the same way that like the Dementors kind of take over. So it's an intense cold swept over them. The cold went deeper than his skin. It was inside his chest and it was inside his very heart. So it's just like, it kind of just, you can't... You can't escape it. Escape it. It just keeps, it's yeah. like coming into you and like... You can't block it. So that's just like her voice is like drilling into him. Um, and there's nothing he can there's do no to kind of like protect himself because it's just like, it just bores in. Yeah. Um, and we get back to Marge who is like fully, like loudly seizing, loudly. She's like, she's now speaking very loudly, seizing the brandy bottle and splashing more into her glass and over the tablecloth. So she is like... Sloppy. <laughs> sloppy, but also like there is this, you know... There's this phrase that I truly, totally, totally agree with, unless you're drinking tequila. It's the only (laughs) time that I don't agree with this, but, like, drunk person's words is a sober person's heart. Like, you, it just gives you the courage or the lack of, um, filter. filter, yeah. Yeah, to say what you really think without even trying to cage it in, like, empathy or looking at, or, you know, looking out for someone's feelings. Like, you're as blunt and harsh as possible, but... 
it, you're not everything that you say when you're drunk, unless you're drinking tequila, is something that you believe to a certain extent, right? But you mm-hmm. either you know enough not to say it out loud, or you know that there's some you know like I I, I feel this way, but yeah, I would examine it more before I said something. You know what I mean? But like. It's in there. So she says, this Potter, you never told me what he did. Unemployed, Uncle Vernon said, as I expected, a no-account, good-for-nothing, lazy scrounger who he was not, Harry said suddenly. The table went very quiet. Harry was shaking all over. He never felt so angry in his life. More brandy, yelled Uncle Vernon, who had gone very white. He emptied the bottle into Marge's glass. You, boy, go to bed. Go on. It's like he should have been... Gone. First of all, as opposed to trying to change the subject, he should have been like Marge, shut up. Um, But because like that's the thing, he knows Harry's not gonna. At that point, he what else? What other choice does Harry have other than to say something? Well, and it's also I mean, another thing is like he's being goaded and he's like, yeah, Marge has been like getting picking at him for a week, and (laughs) they haven't done anything to like let him breathe. And like put put him in a, they they're setting him up to fail exactly. Um, and like yeah he yeah Vernon would never say anything like that terrible um, to Harry. And I mean he comes close sometimes, but it's usually when he's at extreme anger, and that's not his default. <laughs> Whereas mm-hmm. like this is Marge's default, and he knows that. And like yeah, that's your sister, but at the same time, like just calm like. But for do anyone, any. I, I feel like any reasonable person, no matter how, what you feel about Harry or not, it's like, you can't let some, like, hey, this just isn't good, like, dinner conversation. Like, why, if, no. if we don't, if we don't like the pot, like, why are we, like, why are we talking care, about like, Why them? would you want to keep talking about the same ass thing for a week? Exactly. Like, she can't find another topic to talk about. Right. And so, it's like, can we go back to the drills? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> like, shit. It's like, it's just not like, hey, it's like, like I, like I said, or we don't fuck with you. We don't fuck with you. Why are we talking about? And like, also like they're dead. Like, right. so it's like, if I was like, Hey, you know what we should do right now? We should spend an hour talking about what a shitty, terrible person Hitler was. Let's get into it. You know what I mean? It doesn't change what he did. It doesn't, ch- it, it, why there's no, you know what I mean? This isn't a historical podcast. There's no, and I'm not, and I'm not saying we're going to talk about like the ramifications of what he was. No, we're just going to talk about that he was a lazy, like layabout with a nano penis, and let's talk. You know what I mean? It's just like why, why, why? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, and then Marge is like, no, Vernon. So he doesn't. So doesn't even let. Vernon like he's gonna send him send him away and she's like nah I want him like right here why um go on go on boy go on proud of your parents are you they go and get themselves uh, killed in a car crash drunk I expect they didn't die in a car crash said Harry they died in a car crash you nasty little liar and left you to be a burden on their decent hard working relatives you are an insolent ungrateful little so that's the other thing is like it feels very much like she's living you said what? This motherfucker right here. That. Also, it seems very much as though she's like, in a way, she's living vicariously through Vernon. Yeah, because um, she has no and one. And she's like more angry than he is. Like, he's already angry. But like, it's one, it's like that thing where, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but like, 
So say two people get into some beef mm-hmm. and they like fall out. And then one of those person's like best friend is like, you know, you know, you have your best friend back. That's your best friend. You don't mess with that other person. Cool. But it's to the point where then the best friend is even more angry at this person for some slight that they did than the actual person. And then the person gets over it, but their friend is still tripping. Yeah. It's like that. Exactly. It's yes. like, dude, like at this point, you're doing so much right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, okay, yeah, Vernon and Harry don't have a good relationship. They're like, Vernon's horrible, whatever. But Marge is like, there is some real, like, she's screaming. She's swelling with fury. Like, there is some real, like, anger here. And it's not really clear why <laughs> or, like, what. It doesn't make sense. And it's also just one of those weird things where it's like, You, um, you're projecting these things into Harry's parents. What's going on with her parents? Like, and were her, what that's what I'm her saying. Life? That's what I'm saying. There's like, who, what like, is with Vernon be... and Marge's parents? Because, like, drunk, I expect. Like, you're A, you're drunk right now. But B, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like, why would you add, like, you're piling on, and then you have the idea, and then you have the gall to say, you're an insolent, ungrateful, like, you've just called my parents drunk? Like, They're, denigrated? talking about them and how horrible they are yeah. for a week. That's all you've talked about. And There's it, some other, and, like, obviously, because this isn't, like, a... Because she's not a bigger character. She's only here for one... Chapter. Um, chapter, but it's, like, that is some deep shit. Yeah. There's some stuff underneath that that we don't ever get to acknowledge or and really like look into. But it's it's a lot. And it's played out uh, and it's another thing too where they like they totally tone it down in the movies, which is like amazing considering like how terrible she is in movies and she's played cast brilliantly, played by Miss Trunchbull. It's like mm-hmm. come on. Like woman was born to play like miserable. I don't mean people mean, I want to see I really want to see Miss Trunchbull in a movie where she's like super sweet and kind and I'm sure there is one but the fact that I don't know her name I know her as Miss Trunchbull says enough yeah um, that's telling but like like you said too it's like they set him up to fail like he hasn't gotten a break and then she just goes, and, and she, he is two years of after finding out that, like, no, his parents didn't die in a car crash. Like, and also a year after really understanding, because he comes, like, he gets to talk to Voldemort for a second when he's in the back of Coral's head, but he gets to really see Tom Riddle and, like, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, and like, under, and understand, like, the level of sacrifice. Because, you know, like, Tom says, like, oh, very old magic indeed. Of course, I would have not, you know, been ready for that or whatever. But, like, he really, he is, I feel like right now, feeling for the first time in 13 years, like, really secure and really um, proud of what his parents have did for him and sacrificed for him. And... The Dursleys may not know all the details of that. Petunia knows more than she's letting on. Um, but, oh, I just got really mad at Petunia right now. 
really mad. She's letting Marge just talk shit about her sister. Not even that for a week. But yes, that. But also just like you know now that Harry knows. Like the car crash lies up. Like Harry knows what she did, and to let this woman be like, not only did they die, got themselves killed. Got themselves killed, killed, as opposed to just gotten a, a terrible accident. Mm-hmm. Drunk, I supp- I expect, which is like just full on bullshit. And then mm-hmm. say, left you to be a burden on their decent, hardworking relatives because they were not decent nor hardworking. It's like, what did you expect would happen? And you didn't say boo. Mm-mm. And he wanted to be upstairs. He could have been upstairs. None of this had to happen. The whole ass time. The entire time. Uh, yeah, it just, it doesn't make sense. I'm very curious now about Vernon and Marge's uh, childhood. And like, I know Vernon grew up in like a privileged whatever. Um, and he like prides himself in being normal. But I wonder if that like, that like need to be normal is similar to Petunia's and that like, Something else is going on there. in a household that wasn't that way. Um, and I don't or know how... Like even, or even it was like on a... Because they're also really obsessed with appearance. So maybe it was like on the outside, it seemed like the Dursleys are all cool. And on the inside, there was some shit going down that nobody knew about. And, um, yeah, they probably had like... It's just, just a, like there's so... And like you don't get that as much with Vernon because you get kind of like... You kind of understand why he's... As, as, as like terrible as he is... There are reasons specifically why he's um, angry at Harry and stuff, or and like doesn't like him. But it makes sense because they have contact very like often and like every day, like in the, for ten years and then every summer. Whereas like Mars just shows up every once in a while, and like the amount of anger that she has at Harry is like it doesn't make sense unless there's something else going on like in her own life or that happened in her childhood, and like not even to excuse it and not even to like yeah not at all to excuse um, it but just to kind not, of not to excuse it and not yeah it. but i don't know i'm really i'm always really interested in like people's um motivations yeah motivations and just like backstories whether you know what i mean it's like a similar thing with umbridge where it's just like what like how did you get to this point even if it doesn't change how you are and i'm like that with myself honestly like we've had conversations where i'm like so there's things about me and like things about my personality and i'm not sure like where that came from like some stuff is just like i was born this way it's what it is and then other things is like no something must have happened along my like journey that made me live like made me this way or like things where I have like visceral reactions to things and it's like why did I have that reaction um yeah and then trying to like go back and like trace my steps to like okay what was you know what I mean so I don't know that's just always really interesting to me like how did we get to this point um yeah and I think where she's um, like swelling with fury and I think Harry who has barely said anything to her this entire time until now. Yeah, and I and I and I think too it's like I also want to know like what Joe's point of this chapter is cuz it's also it's I mean it sets I know that like he gets fed up and then he it's like to leave, get on the night bus, do that like what comes up later. But like why did mm-hmm. it need to be Marge and why did it need to be this abusive, Right, versus just like, the Dursleys regularly and how like, they act and like yeah why couldn't it have just been like one two like one really bad fight with the Dursleys or you know 
like why the need for this extra character who is like and I don't know if if I don't know because I feel like now okay I'm 30 um almost 31 <laughs> but so when I was reading this before to you it's it was terrible and it was it seemed mean but now that I'm older, it's it's like like you said, it's like there's something deeper here. Like no, like it's not just mean. It's it's more than that. And so she, when she was writing this as an adult, you know what I mean? Like she wasn't like mm-hmm. I'm gonna have her say something mean. It's like these are very targeted words. These are very like like Marge uses these words to to dig to cut Harry as deep as she possibly can. And what? And I think that in in terms of like, in terms of plot, well, I guess plot, like you were just saying, like the, it drives him to leave, as we see. But like, the only thing I could think of would be the Patronus mm-hmm. thing that we were talking about earlier, like that theme. But even then, you're intro- Like even then, I think you could still demonstrate that with the Dursleys. Yeah, and like, he gets his broom care stick and like. You know, he has to pretend to be as, or he has to be as calm as possible with Vernon so that he can get his form signed. Um, And then there's one big blow up. But it's like this idea of like, Harry's summer is already bad. Like when we start chapter one, he's ticking, he has a chart to tick off the days until he gets to leave. He is excited because for the first time in his life, he gets three birthday cards. Like, he mm-hmm. he knows that like he doesn't have high expectations of his time on Privet Drive in general. So, and I know that this is a really about um, this book is really about depression and dealing with depression. And um, I don't I don't remember exactly the timeline, but I know that like she like Joe was spurred to write the story after the death of her mother and like wanting to write this and um wanting to write about like a mother's love and like dealing with like trauma and depression and like the the introduction of the Dementors as like a symbol of depression and this is definitely like um as someone who has dealt with it before there's usually like a, a an event that happens that you can't that then you start to cr- try to crawl yourself out from under, right? So, like, you're already feeling down or you're feeling numb or you're feeling disconnected or something, and then one thing will trigger just, like, a deep depressive state or, and then it's, you just, and then the rest of it is just, like, crawling yourself out from under that feeling. Um, at least that's how it manifests for me. And that's how it, like, is, you know, talked about in a lot of circles and stuff, but... This, I don't know, it's just, it's so, it's so plotted and terrible and, and mean in a way that is unnecessary for a 13 year old to have to experience. Like when you read it, it just, like when you read her diatribe in these two pages, it's just like. It, 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 uh, all of these questions just explode in your head. Like, what was she going through? How did she get this way? What is he going through? How do two grown adults who may not be the best people in the world, but how do they just let this happen and don't say anything and don't 
even pretend to change the subject until the 13-year-old claps back. Like right. he's, and the 13-year-old, like we talked about, like the pre-teen, early teen stage of your life is like the worst. The feels are the highest. They have to be dealing with it with doubly in certain aspects anyway. And like you want him to just like be the bigger person and sit there. Like that's not gonna, That's not a good plan. Right. Between a 13 year old and how old is Amar? She got to be like 50 at least. At least. So you really expecting the child to be the to, bigger person. To be the bigger person situation. and to rise above because you threatened to beat him or not sign his form. Like I don't care how self-contained Harry is. And Harry is so self-contained because this is the last night. This is day seven. Mm-hmm. Like, he just got to get through here and she's gone. So he has contained himself for a week. So, what? Like, it just boggles the mind. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's horrible. There are no um, answers here, just all questions, but there are all <laughs> questions. Um, but Aunt March suddenly stopped speaking for a moment. It looked as though words had failed her. She seemed to be swelling with inexpressible anger, but the swelling didn't stop. Her great red face started to expand. Her tiny eyes bulged and her mouth stretched too tightly for speech. Next second, several buttons had just burst from her tweed jacket and pinged off the walls. She was inflating like a monstrous balloon. Um... Her stomach bursting free of her uh, tweed waistband, each of her fingers blowing up like salami. Marge, yelled Uncle Vernon and Petunia together as Aunt Marge's whole body began to rise off her chair toward the ceiling. She was entirely round now, like a vast life buoy with piggy eyes, and her hands and feet stuck out weirdly as she drifted up into the air, making apoplectic popping noises. Ripper came skidding into the room, barking madly. No! Uncle Vernon seized one of Marge's feet and tried to pull her down again, but was almost lifted from the floor himself. A second later, Ripper leapt forward and sank sank his teeth into Uncle Vernon's leg. Harry tore from the dining room before anyone could stop him, um, heading for the cupboard under the stairs. The cupboard door burst magically open before he reached it. In seconds, he had heaved his trunk to the front door. He sprinted upstairs and threw himself under the bed, wrenching open the loose floorboard and grabbed, grabbed the pillowcase full of his books and birthday presents. Um, he wriggled out, seized Hedwig's empty cage, and dashed back downstairs to the trunk just as Uncle Vernon burst out of the dining room, his, tr- his trouser leg in bloody tatters. Come back in here, he bellowed. Come back and put her right. But a reckless rage had come over Harry. He kicked his trunk open, pulled out his wand, and pointed it at Uncle Vernon. She deserved it, Harry said. She deserved what she got. You keep away from me. He fumbled behind him for the latch on the door. I'm going, he said. I had enough. And in that moment, he was out in the dark, quiet street, heaving his heavy trunk behind him, Hedwig's cage under his arm. So a few things, like he says, you know, put her back, or Vernon says put her back, and he's bellowing, all caps Vernon. Um, Mm -hmm. And Harry's like, it says, like a reckless rage. And there is this, like, moment. Like, I've, I've reached it. I'm sure you've prob- you probably haven't reached it because you're weird. But where you get so mad that you actually see red. And I remember the time I, I, I did, and I scared myself. And I also had to, like, leave 
I went for a long drive. And after I calmed down, I was like, there is no way I should be driving right now. <laughs> like, I, I should have gotten in the car at that point. Um, and that, like, phrase blind rage is, like, an actual thing that happens. Like, you are just so angry. You can't see, you can't see anything past that feeling. And you can't imagine that feeling, like, like, you're just consumed by it, right? You're consumed by the rage and, like, ostensibly, or essentially that's what happens with Voldemort and then he becomes Voldemort. Like, when Tom Riddle leaves and Voldemort becomes Voldemort is, like, a part of that, you know? Um, But for Harry, especially, like, in this 13-year-old, like, this reckless rage... Like, he isn't thinking about, like, at that moment when he pulls out his wand, like, in the movie, you know, it says, like, oh, you can't go back to school or whatever. And he's like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, that's not even a thought. Like, and 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 that's one thing I like about the book more is, like, he, like, all Vernon cares about is getting Marge back. But, like, when Harry pulls out his wand in that moment, it's not an idle threat. It is, like... I have no. had enough. Like, mm-hmm. line drawn in the sand. And when he leaves that house, it's kind of amazing that they don't get to remember my last in this moment. Because when Harry leaves that right. house, he has no intention of coming back. Mm-hmm. Ever. Like. Yeah. Like, this is the, this is it. Which is like, the fact that it took 13 years for that. Um, <laughs> It's crazy. But then yeah. also I think a part of it is that it's Marge. And I think that while we get like a, like little glimpses into other stuff that she's done to him, like this is like the final straw. And I think that as he's gotten older, she's gotten nastier. More. Yeah. Yeah. And being more, um, and like you said, it's like he, she's being more targeted and there are these, like the Dursleys and like this daily abuse to Harry, you know what I mean? But a lot of it comes in just, you know, ignoring him but even in being ignored, he's able to find some sort of, like, inner peace. He's given peace, though, right? Like, right. when he comes down on his birthday, they act like he doesn't exist. And, like, it's not good treatment, but at least it's not, like, this constant barrage of, mm-hmm. like... Like, antagonism. Antagonism, yes. And so he learns to, like... He learns to, to live in that. With Marge, it's like, you said, it's like this constant antagonism it's like her voice drills into him like he can't mm-hmm. escape it and that's it <laughs> lights out exactly yeah um so yeah that's the end of the chapter <laughs> um let's nominate the real mvp um i said harry harry i mean we've pretty much i think we've, good, like, i think this is just one of those things where it's like mvp harry marge is benched we've covered all of the reasons it's, why that's what it is it is yeah. what it is there's no like there's no debating dispute there's no like dispute. you could bench all of the dursleys but i'm curious about petunia and like what's yeah. going on with her um yeah marge is the worst and there is this also this thing about petunia um talking about like you know like harry 
we see this more and more, especially coming up with e- when Emo Harry makes an appearance. Like, mm-hmm. he gets, you know, nature versus nurture. He gets that, like, blow up from Vernon, I think. Like, he, his, once he gets to a certain point in emotions, he blows up. Um, mm-hmm. You don't see that from, from Petunia nearly at all. Except for when she's like, of course I know what you are, or like what her sister is when he gets the Hogwarts letters. And then again in... Is that Half-Blood Prince or is it... Cha- I think it's Deathly Hallows. No? When what happened? When he's leaving. When she... Like, right before Remember My Last, she blows up That's at him. That's Phoenix. And That's when... That, no, she no. doesn't. That's... Um, Vernon... Vernon is kicking him out because of the Dementors. Yeah. Um, If I remember correctly, she doesn't really blow up. She's just like, yeah, he said go, then go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Um, I think, yeah, so I'm thinking when she says, of course I knew, she doesn't, and even then it's not like a blow, she doesn't blow up the way that Harry does. It's like this, like, she's finally like saying something, which is, you know, for her, like, an amazing thing. So I say all of that to say that, like, for Petunia, I'm wondering if she is un- incapable of saying anything because that's how she, like, processes. And she's also feels, she probably also feels like this is enough. And she, I mean, maybe she doesn't wish that Marge blew up, but she probably wishes that Marge was out of her house and stopped talking, you know? Yeah. So, but she just it doesn't. It doesn't seem like her and Marge have, like, a genuine, like, relationship. Yeah past like that's my sister-in-law and like i'm gonna put up with her yeah Um, because i mean if marge had any kind of real affection for petunia she wouldn't bring ripper in the house mm -hmm. right like you can just see that she would be a little bit more tactful like even if she's gonna talk about harry she wouldn't bring up petunia's sister like i mean sister regardless of how like petunia feels about her and all that kind of stuff you usually just don't like, and also, you, you wouldn't argue it. Up in other people, you don't get up all, all up in people's families like that. Like, yeah, that's disrespectful. And even if, like right. you said, like she would be more tactful, like she wouldn't, she wouldn't stop those views of like breeding, right? Because you can't mm-hmm. separate if there's something wrong with a bitch or something wrong with a pup. If they're like the whole, sometimes every family's got a rotten one. Like you can't separate that from like being a commentary on Petunia and Petunia's parents. Mm-hmm. And Petunia's upbringing, right? It's like, you, there's no delineation. I'm never going to be like, Bayana, I really love you. And don't, you know, I don't want to be rude or anything. But Aminata is the worst fucking child in the world. And she's so terrible. And everything about her is, you know. But I love you. It's like, no. No, that's not how that works. Mm-mm. So... Yeah. Yeah. March can take all of the seats. All of them? Actually, March. It's cool, because she's dipping. She's cut from, much off yeah, the team. You're cut from the team. She's cut. This is her tryout. She bombed it. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, well. Um, um, <laughs> toodles. Um, thank you for listening. Yeah. Next week, we'll be discussing <laughs> Chapter 3 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, The Night Bus. So, we're back in the Wizarding World real quick. Real quick. It's awesome. Um, chapter 3, Stanley's Shunpike. Yep. Make sure to read and follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for the chapter. If you bench um, anyone but Marge, con- we're going to have to talk about it. So <laughs> if you want to join the conversation on Twitter, <laughs> you can add us at We Black and Nerds, hashtag wizard team, 
um, conversations that go beyond 140 character limit wizard team Facebook um, group. Yes. You can, I think that's it. That is it. We will see you next week. Well, we definitely went over an hour, so that's awesome. Yep. <laughs> Shout out to us. We know ourselves at this point. Thank you.